Listeners, where, where? Oh, it's, here! It's the it's the holiday edition of Adult Music, the podcast that takes the class out of classical music. <laughs> <laughs> and we are full of holiday cheer here because uh, the the beers have, are open, aren't they? That's right. Yeah. Even though, well, it's about five hours earlier than we usually. Yeah. This is the this is the uh, the the beer for lunch thing, which yeah. I'm told. Shouldn't be done, but uh, it's the holidays, you know. Hmm. I think they have it for breakfast in the Czech Republic, don't right. they? <laughs> they very well may. <laughs> Has anyway, that been your experience? Have you been there? I experienced that in uh, Prague, yes, when I was there. Beer for breakfast? Yeah, there was a a tavern at the end of the street, and I noticed uh, businessmen going in there uh, on their way to work wow. and having a breakfast beer. And I thought, oh, what, a, what a culture. This is great. Um, yeah. A breakfast beer that goes perfect with some eggs and sausage. I bet it does. Yeah. I bet it'd be taste good in your cereal too. Yeah. Anyway, we are face to face in the mountain lair, R and M Studios yeah. for a special Christmas episode. Indeed uh, we are. With beers and um we're going to have some uh, sausage and peppers and steaks yeah. once we get through. Very this. Italian Christmas here. Yeah, Italian no Christmas. lasagna though. No lasagna. Yeah. yeah. We couldn't find grandma. Uh, yeah. The reason we don't have lasagna anymore is because grandma's not around to make yeah, it. You know? Grandma can't make it. Yeah. And, but, no, and no one remembers how. So, well, yeah. not, they don't make it like that anymore. Not, but not it's like a little, that. It's yeah. a little different now. So this is uh, episode 41, special Christmas music edition. Not holiday music, but Christmas music. Yeah. And the reason why we're calling it Christmas music is all the songs are about Christmas. Either that or they're about winter. That's right. Yeah. So if yeah. if they if we ever do like uh, an album with the dreidel song on it, I mean we'll call it the holiday special. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Or Kwanzaa tunes or some Kwanzaa tunes. Something else or Wiccan a Wiccan Wonderland. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh, walking in a Wiccan Wonderland. That would be uh Oh yeah, don't forget your charms. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um yeah, no we are a ecumenical broadcast. Uh, you don't have to be Christian to uh yeah, of course. Enjoy Christmas music. As because most of, fact, of the people who write the Christmas music aren't Christians. Aren't Christians so. anyway, that's right. <laughs> there you go. And uh, we're going to feature all new recordings, uh, as we usually do. A lot of Christmas music came out this year. and uh, Yeah, know, not not all of it good. Not which, all of it good. But that's always the case, that's isn't it? That's always the case. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what uh, stays on in the holiday seasons of the future. But before we get going here... I want to remind our listeners that uh, in the episode description uh, for all this music, you'll find links for Spotify and Apple Music. And uh, also at the top of the description, there's a link to the full episode playlist, all the music in one place on Deezer, uh, where you can also follow us at username Adult Music Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on there as well. If you don't see the full description or the links don't work on whatever app or platform you listen to us on, come over to see our host site on Podbean, and there everything is laid out clearly and all the links work. If you enjoy the podcast, please follow or subscribe on whatever app or platform you're listening to us on. If you take a moment to give us a ranking or write a review, that helps us get listed in the browsing categories 
and that helps us grow our audience. And we're always happy to have more listeners. And finally, if you'd like to contact us directly, any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is Adult Music Podcast. That's all one word at gmail.com. Yeah, it's the season for giving, everybody. So please give us some good uh, reviews or five-star ratings to help us out. Yeah, that would be a great Christmas present for us. That'd be nice. Yeah. And and we are celebrating Christmas here, aren't we? We are. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Although in Japan, they don't, well, they, they celebrate it, but they do the secular version. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, well, it's interesting, uh, as you'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, I have, you saw my decorations right. uh, that are up, but uh, the neighbor here, yeah, I think he used to be an electrician. Oh, yeah. It takes him a whole week to put up his lights, uh, which uh, drown out everything. Yeah. But the sad thing. Is it like, it's like one of those neon signs, like blasting it to your window? Oh, uh, no, no. Luckily it faces the other way. Oh, okay. But um, the interesting thing, you know, in, uh, in Europe, Christmas season lasts for weeks, yeah. and uh, in in America, you know, it sort of starts you know after Thanksgiving, right. and we leave the tree up right. uh, into the New Year. Uh, some people leave well, it up too long, maybe. Yeah, the rule is, is uh, January. F- it's got to come down before Epiphany, so January fifth, it has yeah. to come down. And some people leave it up yeah. longer than that, but in Japan, it's supposed to be bad luck. Everything is cleaned up on the twenty sixth morning, and or it's, or put away. It's yeah. all put away on the twenty sixth, yeah. right? Yeah. But except for those one or two people who keep their Christmas lights on their houses up until the summer. I've seen that. Oh, really? Yeah. There's some people just never take them down and they're up all through spring. It's, it's really weird. Well, the reason is Japan in Japan, the new year is the uh, big holiday with religious significance and they have their own traditional decorations and things to prepare for. So Christmas is just a memory on the 26th. Right. So you got to, Catch it while you can. Yeah, it's the secular holiday here. By the way, I've been reading a little bit about Christmas, and we think of it as the birth of Jesus in Christianity. But uh, there's the more secular version that we have, all the, the the one that begat Frosty, Rudolph, and Santa. Well, Santa kind of comes from Christianity too, but um, he's been sort of secularized a bit. Um, comes from um, the, the writing of Charles Dickens. Yes. Because he wrote about families getting together and giving presents a lot and that really started this whole uh this whole tradition that we have it's really not that old it really comes from like so many things from the 19th century right you know we still have a lot of our a lot of our artistic um sort of pretenses come from the romantic era as well you know it's uh it's pretty interesting yeah and Someone figured out how to make money off from all these yeah, there celebrations you go. too. So yep. here we go. A commercialized Christmas. Com- ca- <laughs> communism will put an end to yeah. that. About to end all of our holidays, yeah. <laughs> and and our happiness yeah. along with it. We might just keep Earth Day. <laughs> yeah, they'll keep Earth Day, maybe. You know. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Anyway, since this is such a season of abundance we mm. uh, picked an abundance of recordings this week That's we right. actually have eight recordings eight recordings and it's my fault i'll, I'll take the blame because right. i wanted to i had the, sony put out these two uh christmas albums instrumental albums that i decided that we'd do together because they both came out at around the same time and they're both similarly named uh now i'm kind of sorry i did that but we'll get to that when it comes up and uh i also wanted to do the Nora jones album because um russ is a big fan of um uh, giving you 
sort of more unfamiliar things. He wants to introduce unfamiliar artists, which I understand. But I felt like we had to do this. It's it's, uh, it's a major release. It's I think it's going to be a classic. And I wanted to talk about her approach on this. I thought it was really interesting. I've also heard it more times now than I really need to. And I'll be glad <laughs> when the holidays are over. Uh, it's a really good album, but uh, we'll get we'll get well, to that in time. As I said in previous weeks, that's why I always hold off. Uh, right. I can't. I usually. You know, even after Thanksgiving is a little bit too soon for me. Yeah. I got to wait till maybe the second week yeah. of December because I know I'm going to burn out on all these tunes. But um, yeah, so far so good. Yeah, burning out. Time. Burning out is the right word. I mean, yeah. I'm not burned out yet. I still. The thing that gets me. I want to make a plea for. Uh, jazz Christmas. I want everybody to have a jazz Christmas because I think those are the best kinds. That, that music swings and they're, and I, I feel like a lot of those p- really popular songs just do better in instrumental jazz um, right. versions because you could hear them again and again and they, yep. they're still appealing. Mm-hmm. If I have to hear the words to Rudolph again, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. I don't know. Well, We've got a lot of uh, classical to go through first. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of everything. Starting with some because bells, San- I think. Santa was very generous this year. Not only that, I have four classical albums I could have easily chosen. I had six I, had, I eliminated two, and I probably shouldn't have, or I should have replaced mm. one with another, but we'll get to that in a moment. I think we want to start in the Baroque era, since that's our, our favorite era, and it's also the earliest one we usually cover. Um, this one is um, not really a... Christmassy. Well, I guess it is Christmassy, but it's not what we think of as Christmas. It's not a Dickensy Christmas. It's more of a Christian Christmas recording. Now, you hear a lot of people who tell you they want to put the Christ back in Christmas. Well, here at the uh, Adult Music Podcast, we're going to go one step further and put the Mass back in Christmas. I like my Christmas, a massive Christmas. Yeah, a yeah. massive yes. Christmas? Yeah. Okay, well, this oh, is we're going to start with the Mass, okay. This is Christmas Mass. Uh, go to right. Mass this year, everybody. All right, this is um, a Baroque era Mass, Christmas Mass at St. Mark's in Venice, 1685. This wasn't recorded in 1685, obviously, by the Italian composer Giovanni Legrenzi, who was the... Uh, the concertmaster there at the time. Um, this is by Capella Marciana, conducted by Marco Gemani, and it was recorded live in December 2019. Now, this album technically came out in December 2020, I think in Italy only. It's a, it's on a uh, an Italian label, and I didn't write this label down. I'm the worst. Get the label? It's on Concerto, yes. okay. Yeah, and then it finally made it to uh, the rest of Europe, which is when I found out about it, in May 2021. So I f- <laughs> we weren't going to feature it last mm. year. We weren't even on the uh, on the uh, the uh, the internet last year. So uh, right. the podcast waves, what can, what can we call that? It's got to be a nickname. The uh, whatever. The apps. The pod. The pod. Oh, <laughs> so horrible. Last year, but uh, this year, so we're going to do this. So Christmas Mass, and what it is, it's a recreation of what a Mass eh, by Lagrenzi could have been like in 1685. It's not exact. We don't know what music was played there, but it could have been this. And all of these works are by him, except for uh, one or two. Actually, I think they're all by him. Yeah, okay. Anyway, let's go through this. First of all, we start out with uh, an instrumental work, uh, Sonata Terza a Quattro. Uh, first part, they've divided these uh, between uh, uh, movements. Okay. Um, this is excellently detailed up front sound. Very closely recorded. This is a live performance. You don't hear the audience at all. Uh, but the mics are really close up 
to the uh, instruments, which is going to be a little bit of a problem once the vocalists come in. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, these guys sound good. It's a dry sound, too. St. Mark's is a big hall. I bet there was amazing um, resonance in that um, cathedral um, if you were in the audience, but uh, not on the recording. I think it came out dry. The the, the uh, mics are really right up against the ensemble. The bass is very present in this, and this has a very brief, slow middle section, and it's kind of dancey in the in the outer sections. Okay, then we get to our first um, vocal work, Quid Timetis Pastores. Uh, Timetis Pastores, that would be Timid uh, Shepherds. Uh, and this one starts with a solo soprano. And she's telling the shepherds not to be afraid. This is the Christmas story. Uh, then we get a dancey melody as the chorus joins in. Uh, there's an organ continua and boys' voices mixed in with the men's as well. Oh, it's a big party there at uh, St. Mark's. Um, the male soloists get lost in the mix when the full ensemble is playing, I thought. I, we kind of we lost them. It sounds like the strings are closer to the mics than the soloists. Uh, the texture of the work changes section to section as it did on the... What, what recording was that? There was one that we did where that happened a lot. And then we did um, the... Uh, the Voyage one a few weeks ago you know, that had that style. The uh, Steel is Fantasticus, that one. Oh, that, yeah, yes. we did way back. It's in that style. This is, again, before uh, Handel and Bach. When um, Bach was born in uh, what's this this year, in fact, 1685, I believe. Um, so the texture of the work changes section to section, and the whole work maintains a dancey, cheerful profile. This is like a happy set of works. This is, you just the, the cheerfulness is just going to drive everybody crazy, I think. But it is a... It is a mass, so that's good. Then we get to the first part of the ordinary of the mass. The ordinary is the part that is um, are the words that are spoken every week or every time you that a mass is given. This is the Kyrie, the uh, Lord have mercy part. Kyrie eleison. It's in Greek. Uh, this has a nice sounding organ intro. And uh, St. Mark's has a thinner organ sound, which I like. It's very detailed and appealing. It's not one of those like organs that's going to just blow you away and pin you to the back wall. I, I like these Italian organs. They're thinner in sound, and they have like a. They all have their own unique character. Um, in this in this particular uh, piece, the Kyrie, the chorus absolutely buries the soloists when both both are singing together. Uh, the, the soloists just may as well not be there. I mean. So the recording leaves a little bit to be desired, but the work itself is worth hearing. This is pretty interesting, I thought. Okay, Gloria, uh, yeah, Italian engineers. We've been, we've uh, complained about them before, haven't <laughs> we? On that, uh, that uh, the, the the was a mandolin or lute that we we did last spring, right? I don't remember what that was, but it, it was on the uh, remember, yeah. it was on the guitar one, the uh, the the Spanish fiesta. Well, no. The Guitar Fiesta, whatever that one was. Mm. Our most popular podcast, incidentally. That's right. Yeah. Okay, after that, we get the Gloria, one of the main prayers of the ordinary of the Mass. Um, this starts with chorus, chorus singing the text, accompanied by organ and strings. There are pauses between the sections of this longish prayer, and the musical profile changes to suit the text. Overall, it's pretty lively, and it's over pretty fast. This is a pretty long prayer. This could go on for a really long time in musical settings. Not here. It's pretty concise. Okay, we get a little uh, interlude. Sonata terza a quattro, second part. So this is the uh, second part of the work that opened the whole disc or album. 
It's instrumental and uh, includes organ again. This one's built on a dotted rhythm, you know, dun, 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 you know, that kind of rhythm. It's got a jumpy quality to it. Uh, sections change the tempo and the mood. Then we get a vocal work called Non Susurate, means don't make a sound. Okay, this is a solo vocalist, a woman, soprano, urges others to silence as the baby Jesus sleeps. Uh, this starts with the instrumental intro by violin and continuo. Uh, it's a pretty long showcase for the soprano, eight and a half minutes. She gets, mm. oh, sopranos love that. They love being in the spotlight for that long. <laughs> Everybody else can sit down while they're up there anyway. Uh, okay, moods change from section to section and dancey rhythms. Again, there are more meditative ones in this one too, uh, during the more philosophical portions of the text. Then the longest prayer that's said at the Master Credo. I be believe, I believe in one God, okay? This has an organ intro, and there's a full choir at full volume singing the first line together in harmony. Uh, each word is together. This is one of those scattered sort of, um, you know, harmony kind of uh, works. Various sections start scattering the lines soon after, but they're all easily understood. It's a lively setting, and it goes by rather quickly as well. Um, Lagrenzi keeps things moving along. I really appreciate him for that. Um, great music. One of the things that uh, one of the things I miss in church, really. They don't do this anymore. I can usually just have some choir in there. Okay, next, O Mirandum. Uh, this is a uh, Mirandum is look. Okay, look at the mystery born in the stable. This is a solo for a countertenor. This is the male voice that sings falsetto, not a traditional voice. This originally would have been sung by a castrato. Oops. Having those people. <laughs> yeah, the castrato in the church. You know, they'd be... Uh... So they used to sing. They used to drive women crazy too, apparently. They uh, would be able to sing in this high voice at full strength. So with the full strength of a tenor voice, except they'd be like way high in this kind of stratosphere. So you're not getting that here because they're, they're singing with their, you know, the uh, countertenor sings with his head voice. Right. So it's a different quality, really. It's really uh, an approximation of that sound, but we're not getting the power. Although we are getting a, a good sound here. Uh, let me, okay. A cheerful work. Next, uh, Sonata Cuarta a Cuatro. Uh, this is a new work. This is the first part. Uh, a instrumental work, a different sonata than the first. Strings with organ accompaniment. I like the organ accompaniment in these. It kind of makes them uh, more appealing. Kind of feels like it belongs in church that way. Dancy profile. I don't, you know, by the Baroque era, I think they were okay with having these sort of um, dancy rhythms in the church because before that, they didn't like them at all. There was, right. This is all part of the uh, the reforms after... Uh, the 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 uh, schism between um, Protestantism and Catholicism, uh, the instruments had to get out of the church, but then they started coming back in the Baroque ear. I think there's some brief meditative interludes and uh, dancey rhythms. Track ten, abstupeshite, which means be astonished. <laughs> Have it be astonished, heavenly beings, basically. Is the first line. Uh, it's this uh, text is about how the whole world should be astonished by Christ's birth. Jesus, you know, God born on earth, right? Organ intro, contrasting sections sung by the choir. The vocal combinations change from section to section. Okay, then we get the second part of the sonata. Um, very brief. Starts slowly, 
breaks into a dancey contrapuntal style. And finally, Go in Peace, the mass ends with Alma Redemptoris at uh, a cinque. This is uh, Alma Redemptoris, Mother Who Redeems Our Souls, a prayer to Mary, Jesus' mother. A cheerful work that the whole chorus sings throughout. There's applause at the end. And there are certain sounds of electrical cords or sheets of paper being dropped at points throughout the recording. But other than that, <laughs> it sounds pretty good. Uh, anyway, there's nothing particularly Christmassy about the music. But it is, a, it is the themes of the music is all about the, uh, the Christmas story. Um, it's an upbeat Baroque recording that should lift your spirits. I love the lively rhythms of the Italian Baroque. And so I liked this. I think the recording leaves eh, a little to be desired. It's clear... But certain things get lost in the mix, like the soloist voices when the chorus sings. Um, I'd recommend hearing it, though, if you could stream it for free. I think you'll uh, enjoy it. It's kind of a... It'll, it'll, it'll put the mass back in your Christmas. Let's just say that. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. You may have an image, you know, when you hear mass, some people think this somber yeah. kind of... Uh-huh. You know, you think of like the contrapuntal voices of the Renaissance yeah. or something like that. <clears throat> but this is overall lively Baroque music. Uh it moves along. The tempos and rhythms are really engaging, and um, I enjoyed it a lot. the The recording is interesting. I didn't realize that this was a live recording yeah, until um, the what, end. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know, if it's in a church, the uh, atmosphere has an influence on the audience's behavior and right. and sounds. Uh, so I I thought yeah, people tend to get pretty subdued in church. You know, they're kind of yeah, the surroundings may have yeah. an influence, but the. The clarity is is well, awesome, especially well, on the strings. All, all those statues urging you to behave, you know, <laughs> watching yeah. watching you, crucifixes yeah. hanging yeah. over you, and yeah. things like that. Um, the clarity of the recording is great, especially in the strings. It's like right up there; you can hear all the individual notes. The problem is, as you mentioned, the balance. Um, you know, they probably uh, did their best to work things out in setting up, but then in the actual performance, um, you know, certain things, especially the soloists. Uh, get uh, a little bit um, overshadowed by other sounds. But, you know, that's the nature of a live performance. Yeah. Uh, it is very clear uh, and sounds, uh, you know, enthusiastically uh, performed. And uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it's not, uh, it's an uplifting mass. Yeah. Uh, and so Baroque masses tend to be. Yeah. Think about the Bach mass in B minor, right? right. So, you know, very... Yeah, and I did, very positive. I had never heard of this one before, and so now it's on yeah, my list of religious music that will put me in a good mood. So. So, something new for for Christmas, right there. We're gonna have a lot of new stuff yeah. on this episode. If you're fed up with Frosty, or riled by Rudolph, yeah, <laughs> or have sick a, of Santa, <laughs> have a massive Christmas. That's a new greeting. Yeah, yeah there you go. Have a, ma- <laughs> have a massive Christmas. Okay, I wish I I gotta tell you, I wish I could be. Um, in St. Mark's this Christmas for the Christmas Mass. And I bet a lot of Italians do too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, look, they can go to the supermarket. Yeah, if, if they can even do that. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, onwards. I wanted to... Um, classical Christmas recordings tend to be vocal, as do most, really. We, there's a lot of singing mm-hmm. at Christmas. There's also a lot of brass playing, but here we get something a little different than that. I had to feature these these two albums because I felt like we'd never hear anything like this again for any other Christmas, because mm-hmm. I think uh, we're probably going to wind up doing a lot of vocal Christmas albums in the future. The first one is uh, Xavier de Maistre, uh, Harpist, and this album is called Christmas Harp. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, the, the program notes, this is um, on the Sony label. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the notes, the booklet notes in the CD talk about the tradition of playing the harp at Christmas. I was like, what you know, What are you talking about? Mm. What what tradition is Where this? Is that? The first yeah. um, harp the, recording I've ever heard. The pearly gates or something. Of Christmas music. <laughs> No, the harp at Christmas. <laughs> the writer in the booklet says, oh, this this made me cringe. He said, uh, the heavenly sounds of glad tidings. Glad tidings for Christmas, heavenly sounds of the harp. Two cliches in one sentence. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's bad. Thankfully, there are no cliches on this recording. It's actually a really, really good. This is, uh, yeah, this is one that I enjoyed too. Yeah, these are kind of, um, again, more classically oriented mostly. I think with, you know, the... When most people think of harp, uh, they probably have this kind of angelic, yeah. you know, Cupid figures strumming, and it's sort of this background type of thing. And, and that's the way that harp is used as right. a texture, a new timbre yeah. in most, even classical recordings. Yeah. It's just filling this gap, or there's some arpeggios. That's not what you get here. Yeah. Um, and what's, well, there's a lot of nice things about this, but uh, you're going to get, uh, music arranged. I think that's the key on this one. The arrangements right. bring out uh, things the the harp is capable of that you n- just don't normally hear yeah. uh, when it's used as an you know one more color in the orchestra. Right. And so, in that sense, it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm rather a big fan of solo harp recordings in general. I've got a few of them. Um, it, it really depends what's on the program. Anyway, let's take a look at what's on this program. It starts with uh, Tchaikovsky. As we know, Tchaikovsky's uh, great contribution to Christmas is the Nutcracker Ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this has two of the most, this recording has two of the most famous uh, works from that ballet. First, it starts off with the Waltz of the Flowers, uh, which everybody knows. Just right. give it a listen. I'm not going to sing it for you now. But uh, it's from the Nutcracker, and this is an arrangement by Alexander Boldashev and um, for the harp. It's great. You can hear all the parts. I mean, everyone knows this piece. Yes, and, you know, it's you, normally done by an orchestra. Yeah, and you, all those parts from the orchestra, you're going to hear here. There's, you know, it's amazing that uh, it's it's very complete sounding uh, adaptation yeah. of it. Yeah, it's it. It gets all the the little details into the it's a full harp sound beautifully played, and the melody and figuration are all there that we hear in the orchestra. Um, I want to say this recording uh, places the harp very far forward, so you're hearing a lot of little details, maybe some that you really don't want to hear, like yeah. the rattling of the strings, you know, and the um, sort of um, the, the, of the frame mm-hmm. when the strings are plucked. Um, so you might want to, I don't know, turn the volume down. But then again, there are some very quiet sections in this album yeah. that you're not going to hear if you do that. So Well, we were talking about that. And yeah. one of the things I think that, you know, when the orc- when the harp is heard normally, mm. it's sort of in the background and it creates this kind of wash. Well, what he's doing here requires a lot of very intricate articulation. Right. These very precise attacks. It's so clear. And I think that... Probably they decided, uh, you know, whatever distance they recorded it at to get that maximum clarity. So what you don't get uh, is you you don't get the blend of the registers. Right. Um, you know, it's, yeah, if you right. imagine if you mm. sit too close to a speaker, the, you know, the woofer and tweeters sound like separate right. sources of sound. You don't normally want that. Yeah. You get that kind of effect here. Mm. 
the good point of that is the high register melodies come through so clear yeah. in their detail. You do get a lot of uh, other instruments sound, mm -hmm. and you don't get a maybe that complete blend. You know where you're usually hearing the harp. You know it's in the back of the orchestra because yeah. it's so huge. Uh, yeah, so that's a little bit strange, and maybe you get this kind of bloom. I called it like a bloom from the lower notes. You know, they, they yeah, they kind yeah, of expand kinda... and take time to you know come back into the uh, normal um, sound level. You get so, that chest cavity yeah. feeling there with that. But the um, yeah, the clarity of the the melody parts and the articulation is uh, you know very interesting. And um, yeah, and this is a harpist that you want to hear. The details of what he's playing. Demestre yeah. is one of the the, the best living uh, harp players, and he he's just fantastic here. It's a really mm -hmm. beautiful performance, really gorgeous playing. Next, you may not know the name uh, Mikola Leontovich, but you certainly know Carol of the Bells, her most famous um, uh, composition. Um, it was it was originally it had a different name in Russian. Uh, and it was originally sung in Russian, too. There are English words for it. Uh, but this is an arrangement for harp by Alexander Boldashev. I like this more as an instrumental than as a vocal. I think the all those voices chattering kind of bug me. Mm. Yeah, you want to hear bell sounds. It's a, it's a carol of the bells, yeah, after all. It starts to sound like dogs in a kennel or something. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Demesco takes this as a slowish pace. He does, he, it's not as fast as it usually is. And it sounds comfortable and familiar. This uh, particular arrangement has a middle section I never heard before. Uh, I don't know where it came from. It sounds improvised. It may very well mm. be in the original composition, the Russian composition, but we normally don't hear it when we hear English choirs sing this. Uh, when the famous melody returns, it's played quietly with the chords up front, and the uh, melody is kind of in the background. Nice little touch. Uh, this usually sh short piece goes on for 3 minutes 41 seconds, which is very long for this. It's mm. usually only a minute long. In fact, we're going to hear a, a, a choral version of it that's really less than two minutes right. on an upcoming uh, recording. There's enough variety to sustain interest. Okay, so in the that's the meat in the Tchaikovsky sandwich because we get another Tchaikovsky piece here. <laughs> I really like that metaphor a lot. I've been using it a lot. The the sandwich. The sandwich. Maybe we should do the Oreo cookie or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, Tchaikovsky again, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy from uh, the Nutcracker. Now this is really famous because of the use of the celesta in mm -hmm. the original orchestration. It was the first time Europeans had ever heard that instrument, and it really caused a stir. The first performance. You got to imagine all these. It's a ballet. Yeah. You see all these dancers, you know, dancing. Yeah. And then everybody's just being blown away by the celesta. They're not paying yeah. attention to the dancers anymore. Yeah. This chimey sound from outer space. Right. Yeah. But it sounds good on harp. It yeah. sounds good on harp. We don't yeah. hear the celesta, obviously. We hear the harp here. Um, the melody transfers well to the harp. This is actually arranged by the mestre himself. Mm. Um, it sounds, yeah. Very beautiful with the melody returns to the upper register. And Demestre has a perfect tempo in this um, particular um, work. Next, Alphonse Hasselmans. Now, if you like the uh, harp, you know that Hasselmans is, is, wrote the most famous solo harp piece of all time called La Source, or the, not fountain, the source of the what would you call it? The source, I guess, of a river or something. Okay. Or it could be a fountain. Uh, if you don't know it, uh, it, it's probably all over YouTube. You could probably hear it anywhere. It's got a lot of arpeggios. It really made the whole 
arpeggiated harp sound right. famous. Anyway, this piece is um, called Conte de Noël. Um, this winds up being very idiomatic for harp. Hasselmans was a harpist himself. And uh, so he wrote this for the harp. This is the first time piece we're hearing that was originally written for the harp. Um, lots of nice glissandi in the figuration. He's really responsible for that. The the harp being kind of associated mm-hmm. with glissandi. Um, it's got a beautiful middle section as well. Next, do you know who James Lord Pierpont is? Because you, you know his song. He wrote Jingle Bells. By the way, if you ever listen to... Usually only the first verse of Jingle Bells is sung. Right. Uh, there are, I think, three other verses. And they're kind of like a, a pickup guide for guys for the girl they have in the sleigh. So uh, Lord Pierpont, uh, I don't know. <laughs> really... It was sort of like a early version of Baby It's Cold Outside. Maybe, oh, yeah. But okay. he's not I hope they don't ban up. that too. Oh, geez. They're trying to ban it. Don't get me started on Baby It's okay. Cold Outside because I want to say something about that. Do you understand opera? When two singers sing in harmony, it means they're in harmony with each other's feelings. That's what happens at the end of that verse. Right. So the so the woman decides she's going to stay with the man. That's it's 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 agreed up. How upon. dare you? Yes. There you go. All right, jingle bells. Okay. I'm going to have to check out the rest of those verses. Maybe we'll find arrangement for that later at Christmas dinner. Yeah, if you find yourself a nice 19th century girl, you can uh, put the moves on her. Well, my wife's not that old yet. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. Yeah, this may have been early 20th century, though. I'm not really sure. Anyway, mm-hmm. the arrangement is by Carlos Salzedo, and we'll hear more about him. Now, you might remember Carlos Salzedo. We did a an entire harp recording mm. of his work uh, earlier in the year, probably around May or June or something mm-hmm. like that. I, don't really, I didn't look it up. But um, this is arranged by him. We're going to hear a lot more of him on this album, too. Um, the notes in the booklet say that no Christmas playlist can fail to feature this song. But uh, I think uh, we should try it once and see what happens. Let's just not put it on a program. How about that? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this is arranged by Salzedo, so it's worth hearing for that. Uh, Demestro makes this appealing with his accompaniment, or Salzedo does with his arrangement. Uh, this is enjoyable, maintains interest. The harmonies are great. It's very short. At a minute and nine seconds, probably also a good thing. I think Salzedo kind of knew right. he didn't have much to work with here. Yeah. Okay. But it could have gone on. I would have still been yeah. interested. Anyway, after that, we get um, four arrangements by Carlos Salzedo. He was a French harpist and wrote a lot of, um, or arranged a lot of music for harp and also wrote some as well. Uh, these are four short fantasies. Um, the first one is short fantasy on a Noël Provençal. So uh, a Noel would be a Christmas song from uh, Provence in France. Uh, this is a kind of dancey and pastoral one. Um, it's it's it it's got a dancey quality to it, but it's got words as well. I didn't. These are all famous, but I didn't recognize. I recognized the last one, but mm. I didn't recognize the first three. And I'm really a, a little bit ashamed that I didn't recognize number seven. Uh, short fantasy on a Neapolitan car- carol being of Neapolitan descent myself. Hmm. Uh, this one has, I'm going to mention the Siciliano rhythm in this one because it comes up, Siciliana, I guess I should say, because um, it comes up in so many Christmas songs and we're going to hear a lot of them on mm-hmm. this album. So the Siciliano rhythm again, dun, 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 okay? Uh, it has a simple appealing melody. Didn't recognize it though. 
Track eight, short fantasy on a Catalan carol from Spain. Uh, there's a guitar quality to this one, as you would expect. Uh, if you've ever heard the uh, Spanish song, uh, Fum, 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 25 de septiembre, Fum, 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 that's what this is. Okay, it's a, it's a setting of that. There's some percussive banging between phrases on the repeat. And then the ninth track, short fantasy, on a Basque carol. This is the uh, border between France and Spain, the Basque country. This has a square, simple melody. I like the way Salzedo varies his harmonic accompaniment to keep the ear engaged with these very simple tunes. Mm. He's a great arranger, and he's really great with the harp. More of him in a moment, but in this very bready sandwich, the meat is going to be Franz Schubert's Ave Maria, another ubiquitous classical Christmas tune. This is arranged by the Welsh harpist John Thomas. Harpist to, I believe, uh, Queen Victoria um, in the 19th century. The famous accompaniment is played at a fast tempo in order for the harpist to maintain the melody's legato line. Uh, Nice arrangement. Kind of what we'd expect from Thomas if you've heard any of his other um, harp works. Uh, Some nice arpeggiated accompaniment at the end. Tracks 11 through 17 are all works by Carlos Salcedo. This has basically become his album. He's taken it away from everybody else. And these are all paraphrases on famous Christmas songs. Um, The first one, paraphrase on We Three Kings of Orient Are. Gorgeous sound, pretty straightforward statement of the theme. And there's this... And this this has a Siciliana rhythm too. Dun dun dun. We three kings of Orient are okay. Which and that carries the work. Uh, Salcedo really um, accentuates the rhythms in these pieces. The percussive nature of the harp. Can I say mm-hmm. that percussive? Well, anyway, the plucked string yeah, kind of yeah. has a percussive quality to it, and he's accentuating the rhythms a lot, which makes these a lot more interesting than normal. Also a work that I didn't realize had the Siciliana rhythm until I heard this particular arrangement. Uh, paraphrase on green sleeves. What child is this? Yeah, uh, same in rhythm. Christmas same version. Rhythm, yeah, yeah, it's the same rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what child is this? Okay. One of the world's most famous melodies set in a high rhythmic profile. Uh, and this is very different than, say, um, Vaughn Williams did an arrangement of this. Mm. But you don't, you're focusing more on the melody because he's harmonized it in right. such a way that you would do that here. The rhythm comes out mm-hmm. uh, very strongly. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to hear. Next, concert variations on O Tannenbaum. This is a longer piece It's since it's concert variations. Um, we state, we hear the theme, O Christmas Tree, for those of you who uh, <laughs> don't know the, right. the German version. So you've never heard the Nat King Cole version because he sings it in German. Go figure. Uh, it's stated plainly first, and then it's varied uh, accompanying figuration in the first two variations. The third variation is very quiet with a harmonized melody. Fourth variation has the melody broken up rhythmically, kind of cubist sounding. Mm. And the fifth uh, has the melody in the bass with commenting phrases in the treble, the higher end. The sixth variation, the phrases end with brief glissandi, very pretty. And the seventh has a march rhythm, and we abruptly end with that. Next, paraphrase on It Came Upon the Midnight Clear. This is played high in the harp's register, and they're really those tiny strings all the way wedged in at the top of the harp there, or closest to the uh, 
to the harpist's body, let's say, to, you know. This has a gentle crystalline sound. Again, Siciliana, rhythm, when the melody comes into the mid-range. Very pretty. Concert variations on Adeste Fidelis, O Come All Ye Faithful. And uh, stated straight for the first time, then in the higher register with accompaniment in rocking fifths. The third variation, the melody is stretched out as it's accompanied by triplets. The fourth opens on the instrument's harmonics, a very nice effect mm. that we haven't heard much of right. on this album until this time. And then it continues with the glissandi accompanying. Next, a paraphrase on Old Little Town of Bethlehem. Lovely harmonization of the melody of the harp. Um, yeah, more. this has an arpeggiated accompaniment after it's stated straight. And then finally, um, paraphrase on Angels We Have Heard on High. Glory, right. that one. Uh, it has a kind of square rhythm at the beginning. Angels we have heard on high, right? And then we, once we get to the Gloria, the accompaniment becomes a bit more florid and flowing. All right. This is a pretty short album, actually, at 45 minutes, but very enjoyable. Uh, great harp playing. So I think anybody who plays the harp or likes the harp is going to want to hear it. It's kind of a nice addition to uh, your ordinary Christmas music. It's just, it's just so different. And it's got some pretty classy uh, themes and some really nice um, harmonizations of a lot of these simple Christmas tunes. I like Christmas music for the harp. It's kind of a nice idea. Yeah, this is on... Uh we should mention on Sony label. Um, and yeah, as I said, the arrangements are great. Uh, so th there's a few things that make this a, an album that you, you know, you really should listen to. The arrangements are great. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, oh, the Salzado ones, especially. Yeah, yeah. You're going to hear harp to its, you know, fullest capabilities with his, you know, his technical mastery of the instrument is fabulous. And the material allows him to do all of those, uh, yeah. You know, great musical things that he, he can do. Plays well. He chose his arrangements well. Uh, after that, you just don't get to hear enough harp right. uh, like this. So you're going to hear that, and the material is all familiar uh, to everyone. You know, these these are famous works, uh, so you, you'll you'll get into it right away on the first listening. But you'll hear them done in a unique way. So it's you know enjoyable there's enough familiarity but then enough novelty in the sounds and the arrangements uh with the harp that uh you know yeah uh, excellent recording all right sony released um another album called christmas piano within a week of this one so i i thought of them as a set and i decided to uh put this one on here too this is by uh, martin stadfeld the pianist and he's also the composer of a lot of the uh tunes on this and uh it, this um, it's a set of he calls them a set of Advent pieces, um, perfect for this podcast because we're still in Advent. We're recording, in fact, on the third Sunday of Ad Advent, I believe. Mm. Um, this is a collection of compositions and favorites of Martin Stadfeld, and they're all played by him. He's the pianist, and um, he made this recording during lockdown. So all these all these ideas right. seem to come up then. So the first set of works on this album is called Christmas Time, and it's by Stadfeld himself. Um, in this, um, Stadfeld is looking back on the past and recalling Christmas celebrations from his own childhood. He's sort of characterizing them mm -hmm. in the music. Now, this kind of reminded me, and in fact, he mentions this um, in the booklet, um, it reminded me of Schumann's works Kinderzenen, which are about, you know, scenes from childhood. Um 
it reminds me more of Schumann than of Christmas, to be honest, uh, the set of works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really sounded like it could be played all year long, maybe even by uh, younger pianists, because the, these works are all, they don't sound terribly easy, but they're short. Right, yeah, it's very short. Yeah. Tracks, yeah. Um, and But I think he kind of shortchanged themselves by calling it himself, by calling it Christmas time, because uh-huh. it doesn't really sound like something you're going to take out of the piano bench uh, every Christmas, but I could see you play, you know, teachers using this yeah. with students, you know. Anyway, let's go through these tracks. There are 11. They're all very short. The first track, is called um, Glückliche Zeit, or Happy Time. It's got lots of repeated notes that remind me of bells, I guess appropriate for Christmas. Uh, there's a cheerfulness to it, and the melody is based on these repeated triplets. It has a light, cute feeling, and like all these pieces, it's over before you know it. They're all about a minute long. Yeah. Uh, track two, or, or movement two, I guess, or piece two, Traum. Or dream again. This is getting into Schumann territory. He even calls the piece "Traum." Uh, Traumere is the famous uh, Schumann work from uh, Kinderzinen, or a daydream. Okay, uh, this one's just called "Traum" or dream. Slow rhythm in four, and uh, chords are followed by a brief melody. It's very light, very gentle. Uh, number three, Wunschzettel, or wish list. Uh, this one's more emphatic and starts with a unison melody in the upper bass. This gets into some figuration in the right hand as the left plays a melodic figure. Bells are hinted at. And in fact, in the next piece, number four, called Glocken, bells, that's what we get. It's a bell piece. I love, this is one of the things I love about the piano. I love bell pieces for the piano. I love um, like Liszt's La Campanella, or one of my favorites is Ravel's uh, La Vallée de Cloche from the... Mm. Miroir um, set of piano pieces, really beautiful. Um, Debussy has a few bell pieces too. Anyway, the bell sounds here are arpeggiated and sound like strings of bells, sort of like a carillon. Is that how you say that? Carillon? That's like those bells that kind of go off oh. in, I don't know, I guess it's carillon. It's carillon in French, hmm. I know that. I don't know how to say it in English, in my sure, own yeah. language, go figure. <laughs> I think it's I think it's taken from French. That's why it's confusing. Anyway, uh, onwards number five, Nachdenkere, Nachdenkere, right? One, eins, ein. <laughs> Reflection one. Indeed, this is a pensive and hesitant. This is pensive and hesitant, as the title would suggest. Uh, it progresses in three note groups, and it's followed by a pause. The three note groups are all followed by a pause, so the the um, the thoughtfulness, I guess, the thoughts are kind of not really connecting mm-hmm. in this piece. Don't worry, there will be two more of these. <laughs> the thoughts will be different in those. Uh, next, we have a Vorfreude, anticipation. Sounds like the right hand is playing a figuration in the mid range, while the left leaps from bass to high treble to play the melody. Perhaps the left hand is leaping in anticipation of Christmas Day. Next, we have, this is uh, the seventh part, Nachdenkerei Drei. No, Zwei. Zwei is the second one, is two. Okay. Nachdenkerei Zwei, reflection two. Same melody as the first reflection, but it's a bit faster this time, so the thoughts are speeding up. Uh, a little more sure of itself, as though the thoughts have solidified a bit. They collect more easily, and we even get a full cadence at the end of this particular one, so it sounds very conclusive. Uh, but the uh, the work the um, 
the set of works moves on uh, to uh, Schlaflos, Sleepless, which is like every child at Christmas time, mm-hmm. of course. And this has a circling melody in the bass with rumbling figuration in the treble. It's actually a nice uh, characterization of that feeling among children, but the circularity of the, you know, of your, I guess your thoughts that keep you awake. The middle section is more square and forthright, and it's a good contrast to the the material that bookends it. Next, we get Nachtdenkerei Drei, Reflection 3. This reflection is different from the other two. It starts with a bell-like melody. Uh, all of the uh, resolutions, like any cadences, are interrupted. We hear the original three-note melody in the middle, and that's interrupted too. Uh, this particular piece avoids cadences in its pauses, and it ends in an open-ended way. So it's kind of unsatisfying musically, and I guess it's characterizing the thoughts you know unsatisfying thoughts that just aren't uh pursued to their conclusion interkirche is the 10th piece in this set of works which means in the church the piano imitates church bells on christmas day luminous sound thunderous bass in the piano Uh, remember these are all piano solos works and then the last um movement the last work in this set glück ist nie genug Happiness is never enough. This has a slowish tempo with wandering right-hand figuration in thirds, while the left plays a tentative bass line. This piece just ends at a resting place with no cadence. And that's the end of the whole set of works. It's kind of an odd way to end them all. Okay, after that, we're off to a variety of other things. Um, Track 12 features the British composer Gustav Holst. You might remember him from The Planets. His most famous work. This is a setting of In the Bleak Midwinter, a traditional theme, a Christmas song or carol. Uh, this is a straightforward transcription of the famous tune. Uh, it's the sort of arrangement you'd hear in church, so I tend to think that it's sort of a functional arrangement. It's probably mm. just made for uh, that uh, particular reason. Uh, next is Franz Xaver Gruber, a name you don't know, but again, a tune you do. This is a Stille Nacht. Heilige Nacht, better known as Silent Night, better known to us in English-speaking countries yes, as English Silent Night. Germans, of course, would know it as Stille Nacht. Okay, um, this is played with Chopinesque splendor after a simple opening. Boy, uh, cascading runs in the right hand as the left starts the melody. It sounds like the hands trade off the melody at cer- certain points, and this is an arrangement, I believe, by Stadler himself. Um, next, we have the traditional tune Maria durch ein Dornwald ging. I should have looked up a translation for that. Anyway. Okay, Maria goes to, I, I don't know, into the woods or something. <laughs> I don't know. Cast is a rhapsody. Uh, it has, it says it has onomatopoeic elements like birdsong and roses shooting up out of the ground. I couldn't identify them, though. This is Stadler's arrangement. There's some Listian influence in this as the melody is interrupted by virtuosic flourishes, sort of like the way Liszt would in a lot of his concert paraphrases. Another variation is given as a slow march, and at the end, the volume rises and the melody is emphatically stated, and it ends quietly. All right, next we get into uh, uh, Pretorius and Bach territory. And uh, Stadler is in the mix here, too. Uh, Stadtfeld, sorry. I, I hope I didn't say his name incorrectly before. Martin Stadtfeld. We get a piece by him, Zwei Variationen, 
über Praetorius uh, Esti Niner Rose and Sprungen, Lohauer Rose Air Blooming. Um, the melody is in the bass in this arrangement as the more emphatic right hand plays figuration. In the second variation, the right hand figure gets more florid, and by the end, the melody is past the right hand for a few measures, then back to the bass to conclude the piece. Next, a piece by the uh, Baroque era composer, Baroque era? I guess so, Michael Pretorius, vom Himmelhoch. And we're going to hear quite a bit of this melody from now until the end of this album. Uh, it means from heaven above. Uh, this piece will dominate the rest of the album, and we get it straight here, then in the bass with some ornamentation in the right hand. Track 17 features uh, an intermezzo by Mart the pianist, Martin Stadfeld, uh, on this theme, vom Himmelhoch. Uh, this intermezzo is over the chords. It's more of a mood piece. And then here we get, just in, inserted into all of this, a piece by the 20th century um, Italian-American organist, Pietro Yon, called Gesù Bambino. This has become a pretty famous piece. Um, Yon was, um, and he plays this on, this This is where the record gets kind of weird. He plays this on a clavichord, not a harpsichord. <laughs> yeah. A clavichord. It's a very quiet instrument, and the microphone has to be very close up. And for that reason, you can hear the clattering of the keys <laughs> as he presses them down. Um, Yon was organist at St. Patrick's in New York after the war. Um which, so why not play it on an organ? <laughs> you know, I mean it's it's become a pretty famous uh, tune played in church, um, and um, it starts with the clavichord, but then moves to the piano for the second verse. A completely different sound that mm -hmm. doesn't really uh, link together. I'm kind of wondering why he did this. Yeah, uh, the rumbling bass on the piano supports the melody. Um, the third voice features the rumbling piano bass with the flank faint clavichord over it so this is he's overdubbing himself here unless he's uh, doing a rick wakeman type thing where he's got his hands <laughs> on two different keyboards um i don't know the harpsichord risk or the harps the clavichord sorry risks being um just again buried by the louder piano and the piano finally takes over for the ending now you could fix this in the mix but it really did sound like the clavichord was being swamped mm -hmm. here i think uh there were some engineering uh, issues with this idea. Anyway, track 19. I I've heard, anyway, Gesù Bambino, there are better kind of interpretations of this. This was really odd. The, the playing is fine. The, the approach, but the it's just the, the instrumentation, let's say, kind of leaves something to be desired, I think. Next, the great Johann Sebastian Bach, Canon Uber, Canon Eins Uber vom Himmelhoch. Um, Bachwerk Verlag 769 um, all of the pieces from here on feature uh, Stadfeld's brother Stefan Stadfeld on either the flugelhorn or the trumpet uh, here the horn is recorded with a lot of resonance it's louder than the piano which nevertheless is audible enough to give the counterpoint we focus on it's a flugelhorn I think here mm -hmm. I'm guessing because it's kind of mellow you would know better than me. Is it a flugelhorn? It's a flugelhorn on this yeah, track. Yeah. I thought so. Okay. Uh, track 20, Martin Stadfeld, Intermezzo Uber vom Himmelhach, clavichord again, very closely recorded. Uh, I don't know why he did that. I don't know. It's kind of, it's it's fine on its own, but in the middle of these yeah. other things, it's just it's just really weird. I mean, I think a clavichord has to have a whole album to itself or have other Baroque mm. instruments with it. 
Track 21, Johann Sebastian Bach, Canon 2, Uber vom Himmelhoch. Loud, clear piano playing with the bright horn playing the highest line above it. And then track 22 is called a bonus track. I don't see how this is a bonus track. It's just another one. <laughs> yeah. Another one of the same things, really. Johann Sebastian Bach, Canon 3, Uber vom Himmelhoch. This features a quieter flugelhorn, sounding like it's in another room, in fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. It kind of sounds like uh, this. Um, Martin Stadfeld is playing the piano in one room and yep. then his uh, his brother's over in the other room just yeah. practicing or something. I don't know. With the piano in the forefront. This flugelhorn plays counterpoint as the piano takes the lead. Nevertheless, I feel like if you're going to have a flugelhorn in the mix, it should be doing something like mm. significant, significant. It should be taking just a, one of the lines. Anyway, uh, yeah, this album, I didn't find it terribly enjoyable. I mean, it wasn't bad. And at the end, it got kind of, uh, there, there's some odd decisions made. Uh, the highlight is is Stadfeld's set of works called mm-hmm. Christmas Time, which I think um, don't really sound like Christmas works to me in any way. Yeah. But uh, he, he probably should have just called it, um, you know, something like a child's, child's view of Christmas or something like that. Uh, but it might have been, because it's not terribly... It it really is very much. He he should have had something about the child in the um, title of the of those works. Um, I called this program a. <laughs> I, I like this British term that I've recently learned: a dog's breakfast. Do you know Ooh. what that means? It's kind of like a mishmash of different things. Oh, okay, you know, it doesn't hold together. The highlight is the uh, opening Christmas time set. Not particularly Christmassy. Um. And I, even though I understand it's inspired by the composer's feelings about Christmas when he was a child, I call I said he should have called this after Schumann, Scenes from Christmas. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Weihnachtszenen, no, something like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, the horn, the horn's recorded too high in the balance, except for in the last track where right. it's way too low. And it's piercing above the piano, so I felt like, uh, I guess they needed those extra tracks though, to pad, pad the album. Um I wouldn't recommend this really, but you can give it a listen. Why not? It's something off the beaten track, let's say. This was my least favorite of yeah. the four. Um, yeah, me too. Pianists may be interested in it. Uh, I felt... Yeah, I mean, first, it's a good set of new piano pieces if you're a pianist. The, it uh, it has that pieces. nature of more like, other than that one, his own piece, there of sort of like a collection of etudes, uh, just because they're so short and um, you just feel like it's a bunch of studies going one to the next right. a bit. And well, that's you know fine. As I said, pianists may be interested uh, in that. The recording itself kind of bothered me. I found it to be excessively echoey. Okay. And you get a lot of this uh, sort of room sound. Did you think at the beginning too? Yeah, yeah okay. uh, but not in a good way. I noticed um, a lot at the end that I didn't like about the balance. It doesn't add anything to these performances. I felt, you know, this especially these short works that don't have a, a lot of dynamic contrast. You know, they're not like romant, really romantic style works or something that you're going to have long echoes on. I, I would right. have preferred less room noise and the, and the miking a little closer just so I could, you know, hear the body sound of the piano uh, more. It, in this case, it distracted yeah. from that for me. The uh, His work, Christmas Time, is really, it's a very intimate work too. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. Yeah, yeah, it probably would have been better, a little closer up. All right, let's go to the last of the classical choices. We had to have uh, choral music, I guess. That's really a Christmas staple. 
Um, and uh, this is a recording called Carol of the Bells, all right, uh, by The Sixteen, conducted by Harry Christophers, and it's on their own Coro label, which is based in London, in England. This is all a cappella music, and it's all new. This, this, well, not all of it. Um, it, it features a lot of new or living contemporary British composers, and uh, it's sort of a little bit of a snapshot of what's happening in uh, British choral music at least for the holidays today. There are a lot of really, um, it's a good opportunity to discover some of these uh, these uh, composers. And if you sing in a choir, I know a lot of people do, uh, they're always looking for new music to play. There's plenty of good British choral music being written today, and you hear a lot of it on this album. Uh, let's start. Uh, the first is uh, Bob Chilcott, born in 1955. Uh, this is uh, Pilgrim Jesus, Words by Kevin Crossley Holland, who was born in 1941. So uh, both of these people are still living. Uh, the choir makes a very traditionally English sound, which I've heard recordings by the 16 before. It's what they do. Um, very clean recording, as we expect from this ensemble and label. And the English text is sung to a dancey rhythm, which abruptly stops as block chords announce the Latin words. They're sort of like a Latin text for each chorus and then like the verses are all in English mm. okay next we go back to the uh, Baroque era I get can we call this Baroque um, I think this is more of Renaissance Michael Pretorius yeah. I earlier said he was a Baroque era composer I would guess late Renaissance okay and um, an arrangement by Jan Sandström born in 1954 on Lohauer Rose, which you heard, we heard already on the um, on the um, the harp uh, album, I believe. Uh, this starts very softly with low atmospheric mm sounds. Yeah, so the heavenly kind of choir there, right. setting a bed for the uh, melody to be sung over. That's the and we hear the Pretorius melody. The setting is by Sandstrom. And uh, it's much slower than the way we're used to hearing it with long stretched out notes to sing on the vowels. Um, the ums create a mystical wispy atmosphere or cosmic harmony, as the booklet notes tell us. Cosmic, cosmic harmony. Cosmic harmony, wow. That's, that's it, yeah. This piece is very quiet and the volume may have to be turned up on your stereo. Uh, the voice is very clear on the recording though, so no problem there. You're right. going to hear a lot of detail. Next, we get uh, a traditional work, uh, Sans de Carol. Uh, this is um, a British tune, the holly bears a berry, but of all the creatures in the wood, the uh, holly wears the crown. Not creatures, The um, I, I don't remember the words. Uh, it's straightforward and sounds like an ordinary church performance, beautifully sung, with different registers taking the various verses and everyone singing on the chorus. So we hear like a soprano, I forget what order they come in, but a soprano sings like one verse and then the chorus will end the verse, and then you'll have like the tenor on the next one, and it's a nice arrangement. Next, Matthew Martin, born 1976. He's a young guy. Adam Leigh Bounden. This is actually a very, very old song from the 15th century. Uh, he's doing the arranging here. Well, not arranging. He's um, not just arranging it. He's actually composing a whole harmony around this um, melody. There's some more mystical vocal carpeting under the voices. And uh, some noticeable modern harmonic clashes in this one. Slowly paced and very different than Britain's setting in a ceremony of carols. Uh, one of the ways we know this tune is from that um, that gorgeous work. Oh, 
you know, one year somebody will have to put out another, yet another recording of Britain's Ceremony of Carol so we can talk about it. I really love it. I'm going to have to go out and home and dig that out now and hear that again. Give that, put that on your Christmas list, everybody, if you don't know it. Benjamin Britten, A Ceremony of Carols. Mm. Make sure you hear it. It's really beautiful for boys' voices and harp. All right. Next, we have uh, Carol of the Bells. And this is the um, English version. Uh, Only a minute and 15 seconds long. I've never heard this in the original Russian, and I'd really love to. Mm. I'm really wondering about it. Somebody will have to record that one year. Uh, Next comes a composer... Cecilia McDowell, born 1951. So modern, contemporary woman composer. Now, I have a recording of uh, religious music that she made that I've been wanting to feature on the podcast and just haven't put on yet. Because I'm thinking, yeah, maybe we'll do another episode of uh, Only Women Composers. But uh, we haven't done it yet. And I'm thinking I'm just going to have to put her on one day, you know, just as on her own. Because I think uh, she's worth knowing about. This is called Of a Rose, and it's pretty straightforward and familiar harmony. Um, It's got some solid melodic writing, and it's in the rhythm of a round dance, and that calls forth the song's origins. Okay, so she's hemming herself in a little bit here. She wants this to sound a little medieval. Okay, so it's, it's good. I liked it. Next, traditional tune, Carol of the Advent. The verses are sung in unison by alternating men and women for each verse, and the refrain has a scattered harmony sung by the whole ensemble. When I say scattered harmony, what I mean is like the, the these various sections of the chorus aren't singing the same words at the same time. You know, some will come in earlier, and then the others will repeat that line. Um, next, Kim Porter, a tune called Christmas Eve. Uh, this takes a poem by Christina Rossetti, a uh, romantic era, 19th century poet. Uh, Porter is known as a choral composer, and this is expertly put together. It's very English sounding. Next, Sir Richard Rodney Bennett. Um, Susanne, which is from his work Five Carols. The name comes from an old German term for lulling a child to sleep. So Susanne would be an old German word. The Ella, Ella, Susani, Susani melodies are catchy and stand out. This work, actually, of all the new works on this album, it's this isn't really new. It's a 20th century work. But this stood out for me more than any of the others as the work that kind of was the most immediately appealing. Uh, the words come from the 14th century. Um, next, Alan Bullard, born 1947. Glory to the Christ Child. This is a happy tune with its glory glories exuberantly ringing out of the sung text. Exuberantly sung. Sounds traditional. I liked this one a lot too. In fact, we're getting towards some composers that have been choral composers that I've been very interested in. The next one is Eric Whitaker, born in 1970. Lux Orumque. This is a Latin translation made by Charles Anthony Silvestri of a short English poem written by Whitaker himself using the pseudonym Edward Esch. So he gave <laughs> himself a pseudonym, wrote this poem in English, had his friend translate it to Latin, and then he wrote music for the Latin version. Hmm, interesting. I like this one a lot, though. I did, This too. one uh, really yeah. stood out to me uh, in this, the arrangement. Yeah, actually, everything from Bennett to the next one, Jonathan Dove, stood out for me. Hmm. Um. But let's let's talk about Whitaker first. Okay, he apparently wanted the old church sound, 
And his choral writing is really special. He uses some intriguing downward-moving chords. He knows how to draw the ear. I like this composer a lot. I've actually heard some of his non-Christmas choral music. Well worth seeking out. He's been uh, talked about a lot in recent years. Uh, Eric Whitaker. So look for that. Luke's Arumque on this album. Next is the... uh, the, this is really the hi- the highlight of this album was tracks 9 through 12. And track 12 is Jonathan Dove, I Am The Day. Uh, this piece incorporates the text of Veni Veni Emmanuel into its text. Emmanuel shall come to thee. That one. Oh, Israel. Okay. The booklet doesn't include those words, though. Uh, the, the booklet is kind of is weird on this tune. It has the I Am The Day words from the legend of St. Christopher from the Book of Revelation. And that's it. But there's a lot more sung text, and yeah. I really didn't know what it was. I was a little annoyed mm. by that. But it was a nice work. As the words of this text are stretched out by the tenor voices, the women's voices sing a catchy melody whose words I couldn't catch and which weren't included in the book either. <laughs> ah. Come on. You, I've, I want to know yeah. these things. Uh, Add some more pages in there. Give some, yeah, I, they could have put this in. It's like, I don't know. Uh, Dove's music has caught the attention of choral music fans in the past few years. He, there have been a few releases of his uh, full discs of his choral music released by the Naxos label. So you can check out what he's up to. Um, this composition is very appealing. There are a lot more words in the to the work that are included in the booklet, as I kept mentioning this again and again, because I was annoyed by it. But the piece actually is really great. Okay, so I'm going to give you those names again. Richard Rodney Bennett, Alan Bullard, Eric Whitaker, Jonathan Dove. Check out some of their music if you're a big choral singing fan. Next, Gustav Holst, He of the Planets, again. Um, this I've done for my true love. This is also known as Tomorrow Shall Be My Dancing Day. And um, Holst found the words to this text pinned to a door of Thaxted Parish Church in Essex. It has a swaying dotted rhythm in the melody, indicating the dance that was Jesus's, um, shall we say, experience before he was born <laughs> to after he was ascended into heaven. So Jesus, you know, we, we get from St. John, the gospel according to John, that uh, in the beginning was the word. Okay, so Jesus was always around even before he was born. Okay, so he's kind of, he's playing on that in this particular piece. Um, <laughs> kind of reminds me of... Um, Hector Berlioz's biography. Um, if you ever want to read a great composer autobiography, read uh, the one by Hector Berlioz. It starts out with him remembering his birth. <laughs> he, oh. he describes what it was like in the womb. For <laughs> it's really nuts. He's, he's he's quite he's quite an eccentric character, and it's yeah. a really enjoyable read because of that. He he's. Uh, he had a rather high opinion of himself too, <laughs> which makes the, the which makes it even that much more interested to read. So there you go. Uh, track fourteen, this traditional song, the Wassail song. Um, I'm familiar with this from Vaughn Williams's setting of it in Fantasia on Christmas Carols, another work that everybody should hear. Vaughn Williams, Fantasia on Christmas Carols. Give that a listen. Um, here. Uh, this is a traditional setting. It has a swim, similar swaying dotted rhythm to the melody to Holst's This have, I Have Done For My True Love. It gets more appealing as it goes on. I love the text. It's a long Christmas well-wishing 
to all who can hear it. I actually like Vaughn Williams' version of this in that fantasy on Christmas carols a lot better. It comes at the end. Next, Herbert Howells, Long, Long Ago. This starts straightforwardly, then gets into some nice modulations. There are hints of ancient modes in the melody, and I like the way Howells varies the chorus each time we hear it to match the tone of the upcoming verse. Yeah, this one is one of the other ones I liked best. Uh, the harmonies are uh, really unique and uh, interesting blends of sounds. I like Herbert Howells' music in general. Again, he's also a choral music composer, but his choral music often has like the orchestra involved in it. He did a lot of church music. Uh, check some of that out. William Walton, at this time... Walton was um, alive at the same time as Benjamin Britten, so they were sort of, um, I guess you could say, competitors in England. All this, uh, this is a fairly brief work. It has a unison harmony in the verses, women then men, with everyone singing the harmony in the chorus. Next, a traditional work arranged by Rafe Vaughn Williams, All in the Morning. I hadn't heard this one before. Mm. It's nice to have an arrangement of this that's in full harmony throughout, Vaughan Williams has a magic touch with Christmas music and gets a suitably anticipatory atmosphere out of these lyrics. Next comes Joseph Phibbs, Lele, Lele, Thou Little Child. Uh, I've always liked this 15th century tune in its traditional form, uh, but that's not what we're hearing here. Phibbs <laughs> um, has cast the soprano as the narrating eyewitness to the baby Jesus. This is a pretty interesting contemporary setting, though it does away completely with the traditional melody, which is really what I like about this tune. It's got a lot of that mystical atmosphere conjured by voice, gently holding vowel sounds within the texture. I mean, if I could just let go of the melody that I like so much of that, that I usually hear this mm. with, I think it's a pretty interesting work. Next comes James Burton, born 1974. Joseph Phibbs, by the way, also born 1974. Anyway, James Burton, Balulalao. The booklet says this became an instant Christmas classic when it was published in 2015, and it sounds like something choirs would enjoy singing. Uh, so check that out if you're in a choir. Um, you might want to do it next Christmas, or maybe even this Christmas if you could learn it fast enough. Um let me see. Uh it sounds like some yeah, it dispenses with Renaissance era melodies for something new. Because this is an old text again. Uh, this is traditional. Next one comes a traditional tune, Herrick's Carol. Uh, there are echoes in the refrain of this work where other voices repeat more faintly the, um, the main melody. It's sung in harmony throughout by the entire ensemble. All right, tracks 21 through 27 are all Advent Antiphons by Bob Chilcott, who opened the uh, album... It's another sandwich. It's another kind of sandwich. Yeah. This is a th just the bread. A lot of bread on the bottom yeah. here. Okay. Now these seven uh antiphons, O sapientia, uh it's pretty spare. Um it's got a churchy feeling to it, which is appropriate since they've sung before and after the Magnificat for the seven days before Christmas Eve. These these works are. Next we have O Adonai. This continues in the same vein as the previous one. I have to say about this one, these words, these seven Advent antiphons were set by uh, Arvo Pert as well. Ooh. And his are absolutely magical. And especially the O Adonai, which features this really low Russian bass 
rich Russian bass sound that I, I remember once playing this for someone and it just blew them away. Their voices got like big like saucers as they looked over <laughs> at me saying, wow. Mm. Okay, that's uh, the Arvo Pert version, not this one, which is a little more straightforward. This one is a little continues in the same vein as the first Advent Antiphon. Um, the third one, Oradix Jesse. The men take this one first with the women coming in for some eerie harmony. It's pretty compelling, actually. Fourth, Oclavis David. Fuller harmony and volume in this one. Fifth, Oriens. More of those eerie harmonies from the women as the men sing the main text. Uh, next is O Rex Gentium, full chorus that quietens towards the end. And the seventh one, O Emmanuel, continues almost without pause right into this. The, the previous antiphon continues into this one. It's pretty quiet throughout and ends quietly. Now, those are all by Bob Chilcott. I want to highly recommend that you check out the Arvo Pert versions. He calls his works are called Seven Magnificat Antiphons. Not Advent antiphons. He calls them because they're sung before the Magnificat, which is Mary's um, what Ma- Mary's response to Gabriel when she, the angel tells her that she's going to have the Christ Child, and she supposedly said those words in the Magnificat. Okay, so Trevin, twenty-seven tracks of a cappella singing kind of wiped me out. It's this is a long album. Yeah. And uh it's probably best taken in parts to be honest uh, or cherry picked. Uh there's a lot, it's all good, but it, it might be a little bit too much as we say too much of a good thing. It's a very generous selection. The singing is excellent all the way through, and we get to hear a lot of contemporary British composers. Uh it comes across as pretty somber though, um as an album. There's some occasional highlights. A lot of really pretty works, but again, it's it's more churchy than mm. uplifting, really. As you know, the way we think about you know church, I, it's really good though. Let's just say that probably best not listened to from beginning to end. Yeah, I even I enjoyed it, and I'm not a big uh, only vocal work. Although I do enjoy um, a cappella works now and then. Mm. Uh, what I felt makes this one interesting is it has a dual character of very old works, but also modern things and old works done in a modern arrangement and a, a new version. So it sort of has a you know uh, unique character. Uh, you're not stuck in, you're not listening to all Renaissance music yeah. <laughs> program and you're not listening to all modern arrangements. You get a, a mixture of things and sometimes the ideas overlap. And in that sense, it, it retains a freshness about it, uh, it is just very long, and so uh, you can't I, really complain about that. No, that you don't have no, to listen yeah, to all of it. You know, if you think of time. it, oh, it's a generous offering, yeah. uh, a well planned out and uh, uh, high volume uh, or uh, great number of selections in this recording. Just don't listen to it all at once. Uh, break it up a bit, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it's uh, got an interesting mixture of characteristics and yeah, well worth a listen even if you're not into uh, uh, vocal works especially mm-hmm. I found it enjoyable well there and, are vocal uh, works and then there are choral works there they really are two different animals yeah so really yeah. I guess it is so this is yeah. um yeah choral um, mm-hmm. and then you know when I say vocal I mean yeah, no instruments voices, yeah, yeah. <laughs> only voices completely, only voices yes. okay. uh, yeah but 
it held my interest and there's a lot of variety every once in a while there was one of those two like i mentioned that would make me sit up and take notice oh right. this has got a new character coming out here so mm. yeah in that sense well worth listening to and that's your classical christmas and now it's on to my favorite type of christmas jazz christmas because i think all christmas should be jazz I, it just it just has the right mood it gets you through yeah, yeah the ups and downs of the season right so I've got an interesting mixture of things in the jazz category, either something swinging and grooving to oh, yeah. move you along or something to take you a little bit out of uh, the normal bounds. But nothing, <laughs> the, the worst Christmas music is um, sort of, how can I say, trite and kind of fake happy, like yeah. now we must be merry kind of thing. It, it's peppy. Peppy, yeah. Peppy. I don't yeah. like anything that's peppy yeah peppy or you know something another version of a song you've just heard a million times with nothing you know breathed into it Uh, yeah who's that this goes way back but you remember that gymnast mary lou retton yeah yeah peppy peppy yeah yeah yeah. didn't like her (laughs) yeah yeah, Uh, apparently one of the very few a lot of americans did yeah i I guess it's a good celebrity quality but um, i Someone I went to college with or that I met when I was in college um, lived near her family, Hmm. wherever they were from. And he said that she has a bunch of brothers and and sisters and the entire family is like that. Oh, God. They're just bouncy kind of – well, they were at the time. I don't know what they're like now. Right. uh, They must have burnt out by now. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Anyway, um, this one is uh, kind of – Peppy in a good way, right. not in that fake way. And it, the title uh, describes that. Oh, uh, yeah, peppy isn't a word I'd apply no, to this. But no, no, it's no. Cheerful. It's, it's well, cheerful. Well, cheerful. Yeah. And in other words, merry and bright. And it's by the Jeff Hamilton Trio. Jeff Hamilton, uh, jazz drummer, well-known uh, player, played in a lot of sessions uh, and with other musicians on Capri Records and... Well, his approach was he wanted to do versions of songs that were from his memory of being played around his household when he was uh, a boy growing up, you know, oh, sort nice. of his own Christmas memory uh, reimagined. And I thought he does a really uh, good job of bringing out the joy in these tunes. Uh, in the trio with him, bassist John Hamar and uh, nice pianist here, Tamir Handelman, uh, who brings a lot of influences uh, into the pieces. Uh, so, starts out with uh, It's the Holiday Season. Uh, this is Tomb. Uh, the writer is Kay Thompson, but most people will know it, the Andy Williams version of it. Um, and it swings right in with piano chords and drum fills. And uh, everyone knows this line in here, will be coming down the chimney. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Hendelman takes that and sort of uh, gets a good ringing of the blues cloth on that. Uh, yeah. You know, really... Uh, pulls out the blues on that line uh, during the verse melodies. And then in his piano solo, uh, it's really bluesy, choppy accented chords and trills, channeling a bit of Oscar Peterson, who had recorded some nice swinging versions of uh, Christmas tunes. This is a very upbeat and happy start uh, here. And uh, you really get in the holiday spirit. Uh, After that, we've got uh, Caroling Caroling, and this is uh, the best-known song of a body of 15 carols uh, 
from uh, or called the Alfred Burt carols. I guess that's the origin of uh, this tune. Don't know anything about yeah. it. Um, but everyone knows caroling, caroling. Uh, Christmas bells are ringing. That's what usually sticks in the mind from this tune. Mm. Um, the intro starts with a Hamilton drum solo. And then Hamar's bass adds kind of a skipping bounce uh, to that. And before Hendelman comes in and plays this familiar uh, melody, you know, I guess everyone's sung this Nat King Cole and everyone, right? What's um, the meter on this? I got 6-8 maybe? It could have yes, been just it's three. A, it's a complex 6-8 done yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, he really uh, gets that with the snare accent uh, right. in here. So uh, you, you think 6-8? It's a 6-8, yeah. compound. Yeah. So it's got that kind of floaty sort of like uh, skating kind yeah, of quality skating to waltz it. Yeah. kind of yeah. uh, feel to it. Uh, however, they do vary the rhythm a lot under the melody. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's kind of a charm. Uh, here, we're going to expect that with a, a drummer leader like Hamilton. Rather than floating, gliding. There's something gliding yeah, about 6-8, you know. Uh, Handelman's solo is really graceful and happy. He gets some really chiming quality out of the notes in his solo in the higher register. And you'll... it's. The rhythm, it really pulls you and you almost want to sing along on the Christmas bells are ringing. You know, yeah. that you get uh, that going. So that's uh, good. Uh, then, well, uh, of course, he's going to do this tune, uh, Little Drummer Boy. Yeah. Uh, written by American classical com music composer and teacher Catherine Kennecott Davis yes. in 1941. Did she write the words too? Mm, good question. I don't know. Well, Maybe not. We don't hear the words here, and yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't <laughs> need to hear this, these words. This is another yeah. one of those songs like Frosty yeah. and Santa that I yeah, you and uh, Rudolph that I really yeah. am a little bit fed up with. Yeah. The, it does with make the a words. nice instrumental, though. And Hamilton uh, uses a real kind of heavy uh, brush technique, uh, subdivided groove that he gets going in the drumming intro. Yeah, in fact, that the sound of those of that groove put me in mind of the. Kraftwerk song Trans Europe Express. Oh. If anybody remembers that from the early 80s, one of the first big electronic. So I said the 80s, it came out in the 70s, but okay. it really only got big in the United States in the 80s. Mm. Um, it was, it, but uh, it, it kind of has that sort of chugging sort of mm. rhythm to it. And he's doing this with brushes. It's, it's right. not exactly the same, but it's it put me in mind of that. It was kind of a nice little memory for mm. me too. I liked it here. Yeah, it's good. Um, the bass comes in uh, with that drum groove. Uh, everyone knows this melody, the little drummer boy. Uh, so Hindemann sort of gives a chiming effect here too. Uh, Hamilton keeps this kind of groove going through the whole tune, which uh, gives it a nice atmosphere and yeah. a chug to it. And I think it's the main appeal of this particular track. Yeah, the rhythm. That's really it's all what, about the rhythm. Yeah, the, it's all about the rhythm. Uh, and then, yeah, the rest of it with... Uh, Hendelman has uh, improvised solo. He keeps it sparse and mysterious, uh, so the rhythm keeps coming through. And then he, the highlight in his playing is sort of the intervals in his chords. They're these open sort of, uh, you know, things. So you get this sort of a Middle Eastern kind of quality to it. Uh, yeah, atmospheric and kind of fun. Uh, after that, we've got Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, the uh, Sammy Khan and uh, Jules Stein tune. Uh, nice teaser intro. It's built on the Let It Snow descending line uh, yeah. from the melody. Uh, they stop the time in parts of the melody uh, for a nice effect. Uh, the next time around is a chord outlining uh, for Hamilton to fill in with tasty fills on the drums. It's a fun arrangement. It keeps you on your toes. Uh, 
but it sounds like they're having a good time uh, through it. So it's yeah. a nice one. The drums get a lot of space in this. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five, bright, bright, the holly berries. We don't hear this one all that uh, yeah. often. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I love this podcast because we you talk about a lot of things that aren't you don't hear yeah. all the time. So, uh, 1950 tune by Willa uh, Houston and Alfred Burt. I get a very lush piano introduction by Handelman on this one. Yeah. Handelman sets a I light wrote impressionistic, so impressionistic. sort of like Debussy or something. Yeah, like yeah that, it's yeah. very yeah, yeah. yeah different quality to it. Uh, Hamilton gets a light uh, waltzing brush beat. Hamar adds an ascending bass uh, line riff that repeats and rings out. Uh, it's rhythmic and light, but builds up a nice energy. Uh, and uh, Handelman shows off a nice touch with his ideas on this one. So here's a tune we don't... It's certainly not one of the lesser played uh, tunes. Yeah, the rhythm on this sounded like it was changing to me, like from a three to a four or something like that. Oh, Did could you be. catch that? I don't uh, know. I didn't, really I didn't write down any notes about it. Yeah. I didn't catch oh. what it was, but I kind of... Right. It was sort of waltzing at one point, and mm. then it was kind of like, dun, dun. Yeah, have to check it out again. Hmm. Uh, there's still time before Christmas. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I, I can say now I really liked this album a lot, oh. and I will be listening to it in years to come. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I like this one a lot too. Um, yeah, I listened to you know I I checked out a lot of you know if you want to just focus on what comes out in any one year, of course there's not going to be a lot of things. Yeah. And there were a lot of the you know, I think the downfall of. Christmas releases is they can tend to be slick and commercial sounding. Uh, So there were quite a few of those. Not only that, uh, but there's on the um, Jazz United podcast, um, they mentioned that it's kind of just these particular songs that you just hear over and over and over again. You know, there's kind of like a set repertoire for this short period of the year that everybody has to play and listen to, you know? Yeah. So it's nice to get, you know, a little more. Yeah unfamiliar tunes or mm. forgotten tunes brought back in and uh, right. so yeah I'm kind of happy about that uh, here uh, we've got uh, let's see number six it's the most wonderful time of the year uh, 1963 uh, Edward Pola and George Wilde tune um, this gets a medium swing groove uh, Hamar drives things along with his uh, bass walking and Hamilton gets some nice rim hits uh, in the groove here. Handelman has some bluesy ideas going with uh, chiming accented phrases and chords. There's a bass solo here. Hmm. When they return to the melody, Handelman uh, keeps up the bluesy idea for a bluesy finish to the tune. Uh, so nice version and ideas there. Uh, seven, what's more American than Gene Autry? with Here Comes Santa Claus. However, this is an interesting version. It's a very funky piano intro riff, uh, doubled on the bass and then funked up with Hamilton's clicky beat. Uh, This is an interesting contrast to the cutesy melody, which gets a samba-like beat. (laughs) So, you know, see the cowboy on the horse image is gone uh, for this one. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, we may be the last generation who remembers who Gene Autry Autry was. Because nobody watches old movies anymore. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, anyway, yeah, it's a iconic American figure. So, uh, yeah, look up Gene Autry. Gene Autry, if you don't okay. know it, you millennials and you millennials, Zoomers, and uh, anything <laughs> younger who's listening to us. Uh, they keep up the samba for Handelman's solo here. He gives an inspired kind of a Brazilian Santa entrance. Uh, I don't know what 
Santa wears in Brazil, but it's kind of cool. Uh, the riff comes back. I'm sure he wears scuba gear. Could be, yeah. yeah. The riff comes back in between the sections uh, to give this one a lot of rhythmic variety, and uh, Hamilton gets some spots to jam in it. So this is good, fun, uh, clever arrangement. Um, now, we've got maybe the most trite Christmas song of all time. Uh, and uh, anyway, or I can't, I'm sure there's worse ones than this, but this is a pretty bad one. But they redeem it and uh, make it uh, into something interesting. Santa Baby uh. from 1953. This was written by uh, Joan Javits and Philip Springer. Hmm. <laughs> they, the drum intro to a piano riff. Uh, round before the melody uh, that's in a medium swing. Handelman finds the blues in this one somehow. Uh, he's good at that. Uh, swinging hard in his solo. He trades off phrases with Hamilton and Hamar. They made one of the goofier and trite Christmas tunes very cool, I mm. wrote. So, um, good job. Then we'll go traditional, number nine, with tune we've already heard uh, in this podcast so far, but Otanenbaum. Uh, the traditional treatment comes in uh, right on the melody, with Hamilton adding delicate drum uh, work behind. Uh, it becomes a ballad, and Hamar gets a section of the melody on the bass, and then Handelman solos lightly. He focuses on touch, uh, which is really nice. This is a really good piano player uh, here, who's got a lot of uh, different styles uh, that he can evoke. And Hamar gets to bow the melody section uh, mm. the second time they trade off, which is nice. It stays close to the melody, uh, and it's very nice. Uh, nothing too uh, adventurous on this one. Uh, track 10, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas to close things out. Uh, 1944, Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine. Uh, the piano chords uh, and a really cool bass intro on this one. It's a nice arrangement. Uh, slow swing, Hamar fills the melody gaps with tasty bass lines. And then there's nice rolling chords uh, in the piano solo. So, yeah, a nice mix of familiar, a couple uh, tunes that don't get much attention anymore. Overall, a merry and bright selection of tunes from Jeff Hamilton. Yeah, I like this album a lot. I, you know, like I said, I kind of wanted to. Uh, this this will be on my uh, my playlist for years to come. I like this kind of album in general. Right. Just these jazz. Yeah. Because th there's some unfamiliar tunes in here. There's some intriguing melodies and stuff right. like that. You know, I was just thinking when you were talking about Santa. Santa we mm. always talk about Santa. We beat Santa to death. I wanted to mention a, the character in Italian culture. Um, oh, Beth, I know that La Befana. You know about her? She's a mm. she's a witch. Oh, okay. And she comes and delivers um, presents to um, children on Epiphany Eve, January 5th. Epiphany oh. is January 6th. Now, Epiphany is the day that the uh, three wise men, the Magi, mm. arrived at the stable where Jesus was born. And um, the thing about Bafana is she's the same as Santa Claus. So she gives presents to children mm -hmm. and leaves presents to children. But, you know, she also sweeps the house before she leaves. That's the kind of Santa I like. That's the kind of Santa I want, too. I need someone sweeping my house. What What's she, that all about? I wonder what she wears. Well, she's an old witch. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. All right. <laughs> nothing there for you. Let me erase that. Let me erase that image. She might yeah. have daughters, though, by this point. We'll have to see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to go for Merry and Bright. And uh, a sort of the, the, the sort of tongue-in-cheek image that's 
uh, brought up with this album would be the opposite, dark and dreary. But I don't believe it is. Um, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I know what you're going for here. Yeah, uh, they sort of play that up in the uh, the uh, publicity for it. But um, this is uh, kind of a unique album. Uh, Christmas Came Early by the Adger Berg Trio uh, from Norway. Ozella Music. And uh, so we've got uh, Adger Berg on piano, Carl Joachim Wisloff on bass and Lars Bernstein on drums. And um, their approach, uh, I guess, in all the recordings is uh, extremely slow tempos. Yeah, well, uh, this whole album yeah, is downbeat. Extremely slow tempos. However, uh, think, as, as... Think, think trip-hop without the cool beats. Right. <laughs> uh, well, a lot, in our last podcast, we looked at uh, Bill Charlap's trio, and right. uh, that was an exploration uh, of uh, very slow tempos and you know what can be explored when the tempo is not pushing you on uh, you know at, at a pace uh, a what can you find in that different dimension it's a lot of space yeah that what comes are you going to do with it and, and that's the approach taken here and I like it actually uh, and as I said I don't if there's anything I hate it's this peppy fake yeah. happy we must have a Merry Christmas right. and this has got that kind of uh, well, Japanese would say wabi-sabi, yeah. uh, slightly sad, uh, kind of bleak, not totally. Uh, there are some really um, sort of uh, joyous mm. findings in here too. But I think it's due to this uh, kind of uh, opened nature uh, to the tunes. So, um, And there's also some tunes that at least... Um, we don't hear in America, so mm-hmm. that we've got some uh, European and Scandinavian kind of tunes here. Yeah, that's so, pretty much where I've looked for new Christmas songs because right. the American ones tend to be really sort of secular and commercial. Now I have no idea how to pronounce some of these songs. So uh, uh, this first one, we've uh, "Not Tennis to Saint Julius." Yeah, I don't know how that "a" with the circle is yeah. pronounced uh, right now. Translated, now light a thousand Christmas lights. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Uh, very slow tempo. Uh, because of the slowness, the piano uh, is often very chimey uh, and able to let the chords ring, you know, out mm. on this. And you get that here on the melody. Um, Bernstein fills the gaps with very light rolls. So this is a nuanced uh, drumming on most of this album. And uh, Wisloff gets some melody space on uh, this intro too, as he does on the whole album with a very nice sounding bass. Uh, Berg takes a gentle solo with a uh, focus on touch and dynamics. So right. there's a lot of dynamic nuances here. Uh, it's a pretty melody, uh, a yeah. tune I'm not too familiar with. It's got but, a bright uh, piano sound. Yeah, it sounds kind of nice. It's also not just slow, it's a march. It's like a funeral march, right. sort of. So it's a kind dirge, of, it has a almost, somberness yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, to a more familiar tune, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Uh, the bass gets the melody to start here, which is kind of nice. A super slow tempo. Yeah, it uh, really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bernstein paints uh, soft textures. I, I think this might be so, twice as slow as we normally hear it. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like it's everything that is slow. given an extra bar before you hear like, you know. That's slow. Um, Berg adds sparse chords to this. Uh, his piano solo is really pretty here, working with phrasing and dynamics. Uh, when they finally reach the end of the slow journey, uh, it ends with a Jingle Bells quote, which is yeah. kind of a 
this drive everybody does this you can yeah. do i i really kind of almost want to hear like an album where like every, every song that you play kind of ends with that jingle yeah, buzz because you could yeah. you could do you that you could do it on anything yeah. yeah it just works on a right. on a cadence or on a tonic yeah. chord yeah. right uh check three oh come all ye faithful this one has some motion after the uh slow tempos of the previous tunes it's played stately over tight and light snare rolls by bernston Berg plays with rhythmic figures in his solo here and sequences of big chords. And he does actually get some faster runs here. So you, you, know, you realize if he, when he wants to, he can uh, uh, play some fast figures if he's inspired. Uh, then um, we've got uh, the uh, Norwegian uh, version of a tune we've heard uh, so far, I guess I won't butcher the uh, Lohar Rose, Rose right? and yeah. Blooming. Uh, this uh, uh, tune uh, that goes back to, I guess, 1587. Uh, so uh, the biblical reference is Isaiah 11, 1. A twig shall shoot up from the stump of Jesse, and a shoot shall sprout from his roots. Hmm. It's about as religious as I'll get wow. for this time. Um this is an equi- I, I, I was struck by that image. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a rose. I yeah. actually have some Christmas rose out in the front. It must be something different. Anyway, uh, equi bass notes beginning, uh, and that continues through the rubato treatment. Uh, Berg lets the melody go little by little, while Wisloff adds atmosphere uh, with cymbals and toms. This is uh, quite pretty, actually. Uh, I like this. And... Uh, after this, we've got uh, another version of Silent Night. Huh. Uh, I don't know how they said Yeah, Drum Tom intro. It's a very slow melody exposition. Sometimes it sounds like a music box that might stop because the, <laughs> the spring is out of uh, tension. Uh, you know, um, but uh, in contrast, Berg's short solo has a lot of... Uh, runs in faster figures uh, here, uh, but you don't know if it's going to make it to the end. <laughs> it's kind of that uh, uh, slow tempo quality. Uh, then we have, uh, I guess this is a, uh, a traditional Scandinavian Christmas hymn. It's called, uh, I don't know, can you attempt this one? Mit herte Eichidvanker? I wrote Just My Heart Always Wanders. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. But that's English. what it yeah. said on... Um... On Deezer, which is where I heard it. So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. They Deezer has the uh, the English translation. I see. Oh, so you actually yeah. looked on the uh, with the website or something? Oh, I looked the, the names of the titles up and okay. things. Right. So uh, this is a Christmas song composed by the uh, Danish bishop and hymn writer Hans Aldof Brosen. Uh, it was first printed in 1732 uh, in. The booklet "Some Christmas Hymns." Huh. It's very vague. Here's some Christmas. Here's your Christmas hymns. Some of them, right? Uh, and then uh, the Faith's Strange Treasure in 1739. I had that um, this was uh, "God Rest You Merry Gentlemen." Is it? You know, it I, sounds. It like sounds it. a lot like it. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit different. Huh. Um, so I wonder if it's uh, somehow related to that, which I think is just as old or older of a melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, do, it does sound a lot like God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. It starts with dainty piano chimes in the intro, uh, joined by the bass on the melody, uh, 
And that's where it really starts to sound like God Rest Your Merry Gentlemen. Burke takes the melody and then does some uh, sparse soloing uh, on this tune. Uh, yeah, it kind of has that uh, Renaissance kind of uh, sparse quality to it. Uh, seven, in Dolce Jubilo, in Sweet Celebration. It's a yeah. slow waltz. This In English, this is known as Good Christian Men Rejoice. Good Christian Men Rejoice. Yeah. Uh, slow waltz, pretty harmonies. Uh, Berg leaves lots of space here between his ideas. Uh, you have enough time to digest them. Uh, and the final tune, eight. Uh, this is uh, Delicious is the Earth. Ah. Yeah. A Christian hymn. So I got the, I got the Norwegian for this yeah. one. Dilig er Jorden. Jorden, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, German. Schonster Herr Jesu. I, I don't know. I, I imagine uh, this. It's a German hymn him, okay. uh, from uh, Munster, 1677. Uh, original, uh, yeah, I guess under the title, Most Beautiful Lord Jesus. Hmm. Uh, it's a mysterious drum intro. Uh, hmm. Berg again, leaves big distances between chords and melody phrases. Wislov takes up uh, to add bass notes and then and uh, gets a very melodic and rich solo on bass. Uh, and Bernson fills in the gaps with toms and cymbals. Uh, so, this is something out of the ordinary. It uh, certainly was. It's not upbeat at all, but this is like, you know... In the Christmas season, there's bleak, dark, gray days when you might look out the window and you're yeah. not feeling, you know, uh, ho, ho, ho. Right. Uh, this is not, it's not happy or sad. It's just sort of a contemplative. Yeah, there's nothing really bleak about no. it. It's just really slow. Um, one of the things I wrote is that last week, whenever this was, when we talked about space in Bill Charlap, mm. Uh, this isn't what we meant. <laughs> yeah, this is a little. This is just really, really slow. Yeah, but um, I, I do think there's some, there's some of that space in here. Oh, and, absolutely. And um, I, I think it gives the, the it gives Berg a, a lot of place to get nuance with touch and dynamics. Uh, the bass tone, uh, Wislov plays is really, really nice. I thought. Um, mm. You know, I don't know if you want to listen. You know, too much of music in this style, but it's kind of an interesting diversion from happy, peppy Christmas music. Yeah, exactly. This is an album. I'm, I was kind of happy to hear it, but I don't see this kind of being on my Christmas list in years to come. Yeah. It's, I, I was kind of intrigued by it, though. Um, I think this uh, band, like if they're uh, if they're looking for the follow up to this album, I think they might want to do uh, an album of Christmas songs that are that are kind of made like a like you're listening to it on a cassette tape player whose battery is dying, you know? So it starts kind of weirdly slowing down yeah. and then speeding up and yeah. the, the whole tempo wobbles or something like that. I, that's, that's my next challenge. So if you guys are listening, uh, yeah, well, try that one. I wrote, uh, <laughs> I, I like the selection cause I enjoyed the old hymn tunes done in oh, yeah. jazz style. It won't be everyone's thing, but the sense of space and attention to attack and subtlety is relaxing and introspective. Put it on, on a gray day when you're not in the holiday spirit and you still won't be. <laughs> yeah. Or, or late at night. Yeah. Or, late at or, night. Like when you just can't take anymore. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something very different. If you need to escape, I think right. this might be a good one to hear. Uh, enough. Let's see. Next, uh, we'll shift gears. Uh, 
Big Band Time, The Twelve Grooves of Christmas. I like the title. Yeah, by the Pete Elman Big Band. I think they're out of Chicago. Uh, one, two, three records. That's the, that's the label, yeah. One, two, T-O-O, and three, T-R-E-E. Oh, wow. yeah. One, two, three. One, two, three records, yeah. Okay. Uh, I won't go through the full personnel list, but you can get that from uh, the uh, link that I'll put in the description. Uh, it's a full big band with a lot of guest uh, artists. Uh, notably, um, well, the leader, uh, Pete Elman, is a, a trumpet player. But we've got uh, guest vocalists here, uh, Katie Ernst, the mm. female vocalist. And uh, we've also got, uh, let's see, uh, there's a choir here too, or uh, singers, isn't there? Yes, the Young Naperville Singers. I think they're just on one track. And Kurt Elling, uh, male vocal, uh, to round things out. And we've got an interesting... Um, selection of tunes uh, and arrangements. <laughs> and yeah, arrangements, this, yeah, yeah. This is really a, this an is album what this one is all about. Uh, so we start out, number one, Mr. Santa. This is a fast swing uh, with a piano solo intro. Uh, the full band swings in to the vocal by uh, Katie Ernst. Uh, we get horns, uh, kind of solo leads to a tenor solo. And there's great band backing lines in here. Uh, the... Uh, tenor solo ends with a nice squawk uh there's some fun scat vocals and sax uh play off uh, as they wrap up the tune so a fun start uh get some vocals um two jingle bells uh but hmm. the big band version uh big swinging on this one uh trumpet screaming uh after the intro uh, the melody starts in the trombones gets passed around there's good attention to dynamics they bring it way down till the saxes swoop back in there's a relaxed tenor solo, uh, trumpet solo with muted uh, plunger mute here, a uh, big swinging band unison solo, and some huge trumpet screams to the end. Yes, so, uh, not as annoying as the song usually yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, a big band swinging version of Jingle Bells. Uh, then we're going to get uh, another version of uh, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Uh, Kurt Elling singing here with the young Naperville singers. Uh, for the vocals on this one. Uh, a really nice, breathy Barry Sachs solo on this one, trombone solo. Uh, after the vocals come back in, they modulate uh, up uh, to give a final lift to the end of the melody and a sort of requisite chorusy giggles at the end of the tune. I'm but, yeah, I'm generally a fan of Kurt Elling, so I was kind of happy to hear him. But then when that baritone solo started, the baritone sax yeah. solo my ears just perked up yeah, like, yeah. like one of those dogs like who yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, no. yeah. Did one of those one of the things i i think about these is i don't i didn't look but you know to get this out and mixed and mastered by christmas time they must be doing this like in summer or something you well, know so yeah a lot of the classical ones are recorded like in spring yeah you know or the beginning of the year march so you gotta think whatever. you know you gotta it's the most wonderful time you know yeah. it's in the middle of you know blazing summer or something but you've got to get the christmas spirit <laughs> and you kind of like crusty the clown like okay yeah. let's get this over with yeah. i got other things yeah, to yeah, do you know? go out to the pool you know um so i give them credit for that uh and kurt sounds kind of inspired uh on this one so yeah. good uh for oh little town the trumpets bring in the melody 
Uh, we add some brass and saxes, and then it becomes a bossa nova. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was yeah, weird. I kinda, yeah. that, that picked me, that kind of yeah. caught me by surprise as well. Uh, there's a very well-articulated trombone solo, an alto sax solo. Uh, after the full band uh, takes it over for some Latin fun to the end, a very nice arrangement. Uh, now they're going to get... This This is where the album yeah. gets awesome. Yeah, this, this is where we're going to get to uh, some interesting things. Mac the Halls. Yeah, great uh, title, first yeah. of all. Kitty Ernst is back for vocals, and so this is uh, Deck the Halls to the tune of Mac the Knife. Uh, there aren't enough lyrics. <laughs> Wait, can we just yeah. stop and think yeah, about yeah, that yeah, for yeah, a minute yeah, before yeah. Let's think we're about talking that. about it? Yeah. Deck the Halls to the melody of Matt the Knife yeah. you know like oh the shark has that mm. one you know yeah Bobby Darum yeah Bobby Darum and Louis Armstrong Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald of course yeah written by Kurt Vile and uh, Bertolt Brecht yes mm. alright there we are we're finished thinking let's go should be in German yeah anyway um, <laughs> and now try to do this to yourself uh, and you'll quickly realize there aren't really enough lyrics to fit the phrases but um, <laughs> what we do have from Deck the Halls is that Fa la 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 uh, hmm. stands or um, kind of refrain. So uh, when the uh, the words run out, uh, she fills in with fa la la. Yeah, so, it's just really awesome. It's a really la, creative. La, fa la la. Yeah, la, 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 la. Um, yeah it's fantastic. Uh, in contrast to the swinging thing, the uh, there's a tenor sax solo that's actually more like R and B style uh, in there uh, also, and then the whole band uh, cranks it up. Uh, swinging for the final verse uh, behind Ernst. Yeah. So, and during the solos, uh, they actually use the deck the halls melody to solo right, over. Right. So, uh, you actually do get both um, mm-hmm. both tunes in there. Yeah, very uh, unique. Must hear everybody. Yeah. Check this one out. Interesting, interesting arrangement. Uh, All right, now we get the Jesu Bambino. This is the yeah. uh, the Yon tune. Okay, Jesu that, Bambino that got messed up on the Martin Stadtfeld yeah. album. So here, uh, Jesu Bambino, another. Uh, I guess a, a Brazilian Jesus because he gets a samba feel <laughs> on this one. Uh, and so you got, um, this is interesting. It's a, it's a tune that combines Away in the Manger with Adeste Fidelius. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to get, uh, you know, two tunes for the price of one. Uh, there's another trombone solo. Leads into a cool uh, wind soli, the sectional solo. Hmm. And then they crank it up with the rhythm section when it comes back in. Um, next, uh, this is a tune that should have been done more often by jazz bands. This is and my favorite one. Yeah. yeah uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yes, you all remember from my childhoods, if you're yes, our age. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's a feature for bass trombone and Barry Sachs. Uh, and so, um, those two instruments swap off the melody. Uh, we get dirty solos from each one, uh, <laughs> with, uh, band backing. Uh, and that and cool band hits on the repeat of the solo sections. When the band swings out the melody, there's also uh, two plunger muted trumpet condenses before the ending. Uh, this is just like, yeah. this is just great. It's, if you this, uh, this is fantastic, and especially you if know. you love like reed instruments like me, yeah. saxophones or reed instruments. This is a baritone yeah, sax, sax, and yeah. he really honks out yeah, those yeah. really low sounds. Like it's very fantastic. low and. Um, yeah, I mean, if you grew up watching those uh, specials, that melody's permanently in your head, and th- yeah. it always deserved this kind of jazzy arrangement. Yeah, should, so. this is another tune. This is a tune that should be covered more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, next, 
silver bells, but it's actually bossa bossa bells. It's a <laughs> it's a bossa nova with vibraphone uh, mm. that's in there, at least in the beginning. You hear it and sleigh bells. Um, the melody is taken by the uh, trumpet. Maybe that's the uh, band leader himself here. There's a piano and a tenor solo that give breezy uh, solos here, as well as the trumpet. Yeah, just a cool idea. Uh, you know, a tropical Christmas kind of idea, which uh, works out pretty well. Right. Uh, nine, oh, bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, oh, Christmas tree with, uh, you know, swing. Uh, starts out swinging with a walking bass line. Uh, trombones. <laughs> Actually, this starts with that, like, detective movie hi-hat, yeah. like the... That's it. Yeah. I don't know. There's got to be a yeah. name for that sort of rhythm. I don't yeah. know. Swing. Oh, yeah, it's a swing yeah. and swing. Uh, and the trombones get the melody first and they swing it out. Uh, tenor sax, solos, and trumpet on this one. The band goes into double time for one section, which is really cool. And then it just sort of, di- you know, it, it comes back out. So there's like a turbo boost in there. Uh, there's a cool bass trombone line. It's a, overall a really uh, well layered arrangement, uh, more fun. Uh, Track 10, What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? Uh, a very layered, pretty intro here. Katie Ernst is back with some very smoky, sexy vocals on this one. Nice job. Uh, there's a stop time, sweet alto solo that really builds into a break before the final verse. Yeah, uh, kind of a you know traditional arrangement on this, but nicely done. Uh, 11, Silent Night with a bossa treatment again. Uh, you won't guess the tune from the intro. <laughs> It'll take you a while before you figure out uh, that it's Silent Night. Also, there's a nice trumpet solo featured in this one. Uh, track 12, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Uh, piano intro, and this one gets a heavy uh, R&B waltz groove to it. Uh, so completely different rhythmic feel. Uh, tenor sax takes the melody. There's organ in the mix on this one too. Uh, this is like R&B uh, big band. The sax gets some real soulful, rapid lines and squawks, but he saves the real fireworks for the cadenza at the end. So this is sort of like, uh, you know, if you ever watch Saturday Night Live, uh, you uh, Generation Xers and uh, anyone else, the Lenny Pickett kind of theme <laughs> at the end, uh, you know, it really right. squeezes out all that kind of uh, R&B feel uh, to the tune. Uh, and then we get the title track, the 12 Grooves of Christmas. Uh, I'm not sure if there's exactly 12 here or you can there try must to be. I could, yeah. I didn't count them all, but you, I don't know. You can try yeah. to uh, uh, count them uh, and see what goes on. It starts with the ballad intro. I think then we get some Mozart. Yeah, uh, we get piano. the famous Mozart piano sonata in C major. The right. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Da, 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 that one. Then it switches more to a bar- K575 if you want to look it up. There you go. Okay. Music nerds, look yeah, that up. There you go. Then. <laughs> Then it goes more to a Baroque feel, and they're actually, you get a piccolo trumpet on here for that sort of compact uh, uh, Baroque uh, sort of feel. Next, you get a Dixieland rendition. Right. Uh, uh, that uh, we get a, a Dave Brubeck take five section where uh, uh, we're going to get the 12 Days of Christmas arranged for 5 4. Hmm. Then we get a kind of brass chorale. Uh, over guitar, which is interesting. That's repeated. It's varied with a piano section. Um, we get some bossa nova, uh, a kind of uh, salsa Cuban. You, you even get a quote from Girl from Ipanema in this. Yeah. It's a direct quote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a salsa sort of Cuban uh, 
Afro-Cuban beat with some screaming trumpet. And then there's a bunch of uh, swing kind of sections. There's a super fast swing, a slow swing. It's got some bass clarinet in there. Uh, then we switch to kind of a sing, sing, sing uh, drum intro and another uh, slow swing. Uh, I guess there's at least 12 different I think grooves there's a, here. Like a, there's like a surf kind of like beat on the toms kind of, you know. Oh, like, I thought that, I saw that as a, I don't know. I saw that as the sing, sing, sing. Oh, is that what of, you thought that yeah, was? Yeah, okay. but, but I'm not really sure. Know. Yeah. Anyway, they, they mix up, you know, each day of Christmas, the same melody gets all these different uh, And, and I got to tell you, so. this is a lot more interesting than the original song. I've Have you ever thought of this? That song, okay, once it gets past five gold yeah, rings, yeah. It's like the composer ran out of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's got, what is it, like 12 pipes, pipes, da 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 da. Yeah. That, that same melody keeps yeah, repeating yeah, yeah. again and again it's and annoying. again. And yeah. then finally, when it gets to five gold rings, then it gets interesting. Four calling birds, three, five, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, he gave us half a song. What is that? He ran out of ideas and just said, uh, yeah, he just keeps repeating. Just do them. this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, this, I mean, hmm, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Yeah. You know, he said as he wrote the, uh, the 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 text for the seventh day of Christmas. You know, yeah, it's sort of starts to annoy you after a while. You yeah, know? yeah, especially yeah. after you heard it. Da, once. Da, 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 da. Is the record stuck? What am I hearing right, here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. But th- that that really doesn't relate to this particular version of the song which i think was very interesting yeah here we are on yeah. a really cool version of it here that uh each each groove is different this time so mm-hmm. you don't get that you know maybe they felt the same yeah, way the grooves are all different like he could have come up with different melodic yeah. lines for each uh gift i thought exactly. after the fifth day of christmas I, I don't know but uh anyway very cool uh nice album they're having a lot of fun uh really good musicianship uh, here the players are all outstanding the soloists are good what matters most with the big band of course is the arrangements uh, and those are very cool uh, nice assortment of music it's mostly instrumental which I'm happy for but we do get uh, Katie Ernst turns in a nice performance and Kurt Elling mm-hmm. uh, you know he sounds uh, pretty inspired uh, here too so it's a very fun album uh, my favorite kind of big band album to this time was one we were listening to a little bit before uh rob mcconnell and the boss brass uh christmas i think that's got like the best arrangements of all time this is going to go on my uh list of a really fun big band album too but unfortunately not available on cd they're killing me they're killing me yeah what is this so i gotta remember this for next year now i can't you know yeah maybe by next year maybe it'll come out yeah we'll see we'll have to ask santa well, that's the main jazz listings, but we've got one more. We've got a big Christmas presser for you, and this one is on CD, but yeah. we're going to have to talk about that too. So not yeah. strictly jazz, but uh, encompassing jazz. Kind of a jazz uh, singer, though. Yeah, jazz singer who right. sort of crosses over into pop rock. She does all sorts of things. Everyone knows Nora Jones, and this is her new album, I Dream of Christmas. Yeah. On Blue Note. And, well, the nice thing about this is uh, it's not just a collection of old songs. Uh, we get some new new Christmas tunes that might become classics in the future. We so. get six new Christmas yeah. songs that you know Nora Jones either wrote herself or with her um, yeah. producer. Yeah. So uh, the core. Uh, Leon Mitchell's is the uh, producer. I should mention. Okay. Yeah. Producer in the in the band, of course, Nora Jones on piano and vocals. Uh, Brian Blade, you may know from yeah. playing with uh, various people. Uh, 
including Chikuria on drums. Leon uh, Michels, is it? I think it's not Michael's. Michel, is, is it, it? Michel's? No. It's, there's no A in there. So maybe Michel's, Michel's maybe. percussion also. Uh, Tony Schur. See, he's American, so I don't know how to say it. It could yeah. be Mitchell's. You know, Mitchell's no. could be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but Leon. Yeah, he's... um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He was in like the Dap Kings and right. things like that. Uh, so soul and funk bands, basically. So yeah. he was brought into... Uh, and he collaborates a lot with Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys. So mm. he got a lot of that sort of... Right. Sound on this. Uh, Tony Schur, Nick Movshun, both on bass uh, here. Dave Guy, trumpet. Marika Hughes, cello, which I, I noticed on one track anyway. Russ Paul, guitar. Uh, Raymond Mason on trombone. Um, as with a lot of the recent Nora Jones uh, recordings, there there is a lot of production on this. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not as straightforward as, like, say, her first album yeah. was. But it's got the same sort of vibe as that first yeah. album, I think. It, there's know? a general sparseness to it, but there is sort of a echoey kind of atmospheric things applied. So sometimes you may not be sure quite what you're hearing, um, but uh, it all works uh, well in uh, the overall sort of uh, mastering of the album. Yeah, I thought also Christmas is a time for nostalgia. Right. You know, and this is an album, it's not quite nostalgic in the way you think of it, but it's like a little walk through the history of jazz a little bit. Yeah. We get a lot of different styles. Yeah, there's a lot of things mixed in here. Mm. And, well, Adventurous Start, she comes out with an original to, to begin things. Uh, yeah. Christmas Calling, uh, sort of subtitled Jolly Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this doesn't sound like a Christmas song, really. Uh, it's, a, it's a real well-crafted uh, pop song with a catchy melody. It's got the word um, Christmas all over it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. But just the melody. Uh, it's a bass drum, uh, slow groove. There's a syncopated bass line. Uh, these really um, major seven piano chords that create a dreamy kind of atmosphere. And one thing you always notice about Nora Jones is she writes melodies that you know, um, make her voice work. Uh, you know, that's the, I think the hallmark of a great, uh, singer songwriter who knows how to write right. for what brings out the most attractive points in their voice. And she's always been good at that. Uh, and you start to notice, um, the, the characteristics of her melodies. And this, right. this has her sort of all the tunes on here of originals have that sort of a hallmark on them yeah they um, suit her really yeah. well and not only that but she sort of refers to herself in the lyrics at the end yeah. she's i want to be a jolly I jones be that's a the, jolly jones yeah that, that's the parenthetical title yeah you gotta wonder this is a song that i could see boy if you write a christmas song mm. and it kind of takes off you're set for life you're set for life yep. because every year it's gonna everyone be, wants to write a christmas song it's going to be played again and again you know yeah. you're just going to have royalties every year at christmas time um i yeah. think that um but I wonder if people sing the jolly, how people will sing the Jolly Jones line if anybody covers this song. It's, this know. could easily become a, a yeah. standard. It's a really good song. Yeah, uh, it's a good tune. The, all of these originals on here, they've she's got really good earworms in the melodies, so they will stick in your head after right. you hear them uh, yeah. just a couple times. So this is one of them. Uh, I should say uh, we were talking to that. Um, you know, if you look on Amazon or some other places, oh, yeah. some people really dumped on this uh, for not being peppy. They oh, have well, they didn't use the like, word peppy, no, but no. that's how I interpret it. Well, one it. I read, the comment title was, Where's the Joy? Where's the Joy? Yeah. You know? And um, 
I kind of like it because it's got that balanced sort of, uh, there's some very happy tunes. There's some melancholy things. Yeah. I think, you know. But, you know, songs like uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, isn't a jo- it's got a joyous like yeah. theme, but it doesn't sound joyous. So, I think, you know. um, yeah, but once, once you become an adult, uh, Christmas is, uh, yeah. uh, it's a mixture of happy and sad memories of yeah. those who have gone beyond. And, yeah, yeah. You know, uh you know, you you may look forward to Christmas in some ways. Uh, certainly, you don't like spending all the money on presents. Uh, and then there's the relatives. You know, Uncle Harry is dead, and yeah. uh, Grandma isn't going to make lasagna anymore. And you don't have to buy presents for them anymore, but they're not there. Yeah, and that's kind of sad too. So Christmas shouldn't be only peppy. It's, and, and, yeah, you're not eating Grandma's lasagna yeah. anymore either. Yeah, you got to. What is that? Yeah, you got to buy a TV dinner and cook it for yourself. So there you go. (laughs) Well, in Japan, we need to do that. Yeah, yeah, Actually, everything is open on Christmas Day here because it's It's not really a holiday. It's not a holiday. Just go to work anyway. Well, we don't have to work this year, but sometimes we do. It's horrible. Now, Mm. uh, on that theme, uh, track two, she actually unpeps this uh, tune. Uh, Originally sung by... The Chipmunks. Yes. Yeah. Alvin Simon Alvin's, and Theodore. Yeah. I had this record Christmas, when I was a kid. Christmas, don't be late. Yeah. So this was sung by guys, I guess, who sped up their voices right. and sounded like chipmunks. And so it was a novelty tune. When what she succeeds in here is pulling the novelty <laughs> out of that tune and making it, um, you know, it's sung slow, straight, uh, with no sort of hint of uh, novelty. Uh, there's some swinging background horns kind of like a dixieland style almost here so you get that jazz influence not only that she's got this yeah she's got this like it's it's a song that's got this eager sort of innocence to it yeah and she makes it sound like really sleazy new orleans yeah yeah. it's got the new orleans bar kind of the piano is very echoey here that's the kind of heavy-handed production it works though and um, you know, with that, the chipmunks would just, you know, ring out the line, uh, I, I really want a hula hoop. Yeah. It was just sort of like this, um, you know, kind of high pitched voice. The way she sings it, she rings the emotion out of it. Yeah. And it's like you you really want to give her a hula hoop when well, you here, hear this. Here's yeah. the thing. She's been wanting that hula hoop apparently yeah. she, for 50 I years because it's been out of style for that long. Hula hoop. <laughs> she sings it very convincingly. You kind of you know. get the impression that she was when she was a kid in the yeah. 60s, she wanted the hula hoop and she still hasn't yeah. gotten it. Yeah. I don't know. It's got that kind of vibe it's to It's charming. It. Uh, very nice version of it. Not only that, Nora Jones has a real sense of um, irony, at least in these yeah. tunes. And I think we're hearing a lot of that here. This is this is generally yeah. thought of as a cheerful song. Yeah. And here it just kind of feels really like uh, yeah. boozy. Yeah, it's good. Say. It's boozy and fun. Uh, but <laughs> she, she sounds earnest in, in these goofy lines. You, know, you really think she wants a hula hoop. It sounds yeah. good. Yeah. You can, you can tell the exact year this tune was written, can't you? Just from that one yep. line. God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After this... Another original, yeah, uh, and this one will stick in your head too. Yeah. Christmas glow, good song. Um, it's got uh, echoey drums and a very plunky sounding piano. It's, um, but it's got this kind of da 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 da. Yeah. It's very Nora Jonesy style vocal melody, and uh, what she does on here that's kind of cool. Um, it, it, with these alternating phrases, the end of the line, it's sort of like, oh, 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 ho, ho. Yeah, she gets the, she gets the, the ho, ho, ho in, in the there. end of the line. I, that made me smile. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cute, but it's fun. It's a real earworm tune. Uh, 
yeah, this one I think will get played. Uh, yeah, not only that, she year. accompanies with an electric uh, bell type keyboard yeah, intro, just, and it kind of has like a close to a steel drum sound. Yeah, yeah. and w- steel drums put me in mind of the tropics. Right, and so here we're talking about Christmas with these almost like uh, hot weather tropical yeah. sounds. Like a, it's too. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, we'll get to this later. Yeah. She does this. She does another tune with that on it. Too, another yeah. tune with this, but we'll get to that. Um, four. We're gonna go traditional with White Christmas, Irving Berlin. Uh, this is a like a jingle bell like piano intro, but it gets into a swing. Here she's back to a more traditional sound of a jazz trio. Uh, very smoky vocal on this one. Uh, she takes a piano solo here. She has a little more fun on the verses. Uh, when she comes back and, you know, she stylizes it herself a little bit. Uh, one of the things she does, you know, instead of doing the may your days, yeah. like, uh, you know, being Crosby, she's like, got to may your days, may your days be your days. And she re- repeats that. So yeah. she's having a little more fun with it. It's, uh, you know, uh, I personally think that around the two minute mark, there's a, there's a sly reference to Elvis's version of this song when she goes, yeah. ah, 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 I'm dreaming, you know? Because yeah. yeah. Elvis famously did that on a version of the song that Irving Berlin absolutely hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but this tune, this tune can be too schmaltzy. Schmaltzy. Is a Schma- good word? Hey, yeah, hey. Schmaltzy. Give me a C. Uh, <laughs> a C. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has that. And take you know, my wife, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one has the potential to go into uh, schmaltziness. The other, that's it. I guess those are the two dangerous dimensions of Christmas: um, peppy, schmaltzy. We don't want it. We don't want those. Yeah, know? we don't so, want schmaltzy either. Um, By the way, Jingle Bells makes an appearance at the end of White Christmas too. Yeah. yeah God, God, why do they do that? That, sh- that shouldn't be allowed anymore. Uh, we're gonna get another uh, original after yeah. that. Christmas time. This, this one's co-written with the producer Leon Michels yeah. or Michels. Uh, slow gospely feel. Bluesy, smoky vocals, uh, and there's also a lot of background um, uh, female vocals here. I don't know if that's her overdubbing because uh, it sounded like yeah, her voice to right. me. So I yeah. think she's overdubbed uh, herself into a choir. And this is of um, herself. This kind of bluesy, smoky quality of her voice, which has improved with age, I should say. She sounds um, great. Yeah. yeah, this is her at her best. I yeah. thought uh, with yeah. her voice because she's grown into her voice. It has a little bit more of a worldly uh, yeah. uh, smokiness to it. Uh, yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, track six, Blue Christmas. Uh, everyone knows this one. This, this also seemed like a nod to Elvis to yeah, me. Yeah, nod to Elvis. Yeah. Uh, jazz trio style, bluesy. The horns join in. Uh, she gets a piano solo here. Uh, a little bit uh, choppy in the chords. Yeah, you know, uh, it's Blue Christmas. Uh, mm. She does a good job on it. Um, another original tune after that. It's only Christmas once a year. It's uh, so vocals and high echoey piano line in this one. And uh, interesting uh, in into the vocal interlude between the verses is a cello line, uh, which works nice with the sort of uh, vocalizations in there. It's a very minimal uh, kind of arrangement, uh, but it suits her voice really well. Uh, as I said, I think, you know, She's been around long enough, uh, mm. and she has uh, experience with writing. She knows how to write a song that her voice will just uh, present in its best uh, melodic characteristics. Right. Uh, 
Uh, oh, incidentally, I could say, I said that I can hear that song. It's only Christmas once a year being interpreted in other ways, so it could become a standard as yeah, well. You know? Sure, who knows? Um, and then another original tune yeah. after that. You're not alone. This is um, ni- this is nice. Um, I I really liked this tune. Um, it's a country gospel kind of song. Yeah, and I think Mitchell's he's 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 the uh, Leon Michels. He's mm. the uh, producer and also co-writer of the song right. and i really think he was brought on board to capture that sort of vibe the soul kind of yeah vibe that he, are on all the songs that he seems to be co-writing and uh this one you get some nice steel guitar uh this one the, okay you got a contemporary song that um mentions jesus so yeah that's, how about that how about that well, kanye, yeah. west, kanye west kanye, did it yeah well too but but this one rare. it's got a great line Jesus was born on Christmas Day. Very catchy. It's really fantastic. And gave, yeah. and gave us his love to make our own way. That's a great line. Hmm. Uh, nice lyrics. Yeah. Uh, very bluesy. Uh, country feel uh, with the steel guitar. This is a great original tune. Yeah. Uh, nice message. Um, yeah. Uh, mm. You're not going to get a much better new Christmas tune that also carries traditional elements uh, the, the religious like meaning yeah. that behind uh, Christmas yeah. yeah it's nice um, then we've got uh, number nine Winter Wonderland right, this back. is the, uh, the tune I was talking yeah, about yeah the before. steel drummy keyboard steel drum. song uh, 1934 Felix Bernard and Richard Bernard Smith uh, this has that yeah kind of steel drummy kind of keyboard sound also steel guitars gets kind of a hawaiian or tropical feel which is ironic to uh the winter wonderland yeah. uh, idea not only that the song is slower than usual so almost like it's like too hot to really play it too fast you yeah know? it's yeah. kind of it's like it's mm. oh i gotta open my mouth to sing this right. song oh it's uh, too hot I just want to lay down yeah it, it's got that kind of hot weather vibe to it so it's a little ironic yeah Let's say ten. Uh, another original, a holiday with you. Yeah, which asks you the existential questions. <laughs> I wrote the from same Nora thing Jones. you're going to say right now. Would you like to spend Christmas with me? Would you like to sit under my tree? To both of which I reply a resounding yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Miss yes. Jones. Yes. Um, <laughs> this one has. Um, I-, I think we could make her a Jolly Jones, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. Not, I didn't really. mean it that way. Yeah, okay, stop it. Oh, stop it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she might listen. You know, she might. Yeah. Uh, electric piano, I think, on this one. Uh, nice swooping vocal line. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All these original tunes. Nobody does. All this. of them were good. Yeah, too. they're, all, they're good. all really good. Um, track eleven. Run, Rudolph. Run, Chuck Berry. Uh, it's done. In an original kind of way, the the uh, laid back and cool yeah, piano riff and a different beat from the original one, um, and I like they do. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a second or third verse uh, about uh, the guitar right. for the boy, but so all they, they want for Christmas is a rock and roll electric rock and guitar. guitar. So, it doesn't sound that way from the way the song is yeah, played, but uh, but when they do that, um, it's just voice and drums, so mm-hmm. everything else drops out, so you get that kind of. Uh, you know, stop time feel. Right. Uh, there's also a little bit of organ in the background. Yeah. It's faint, but if you listen for it, you can hear it. That's cool. Uh, after that, 
uh, we get one of the most gorgeous Christmas tunes of all time. Yeah, this is so good. By Vince Guaraldi and mm-hmm. Lee Mendelssohn. Just beautiful harmonies in this tune. Of course, from uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, Christmas Time is Here. 1965. And um, yeah. Nora Jones knows this is a gorgeous tune and doesn't need too much done with it. So uh, it gets a nice, slow, respectful treatment in a piano trio. One thing that's added that's nice is some flute. Uh, yeah. It's subtle. Uh, some uh, piano solo has some backing ooze, but not too much on here. This tune doesn't need a lot because it's just got uh, beautiful things. Well, in the it other already. thing it has is um, jo- Nora Jones's sultry voice. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Normally, we, we remember this from the special by, by the kids' chorus, right? Yeah, yeah. The, and, who are not the best in tune, but that's the charm of their singing. Right? Yeah, so, but the yeah. thing is about this is there's one fantastic well there it's a really great lyric all the way through but there's just it peaks at this one fantastic line oh that we could always see such spirit through the year yes and the way she sings that is absolutely magical oh, it really just it makes you gives you like tingles see so good such spirit yeah. through the year beautiful line yeah, beautiful lyric yeah that those those chords there, those you know major seven chords. It's right. Just, yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. Good old Vince Guaraldi. Yep. I tell you, uh, another song that could be too schmaltz schmaltzy. This is really perfect it's, for it's her, nice, though, yeah. isn't it? Uh, what are you doing, <laughs> New Year's Eve, nineteen forty-seven? Uh, Frank Loesser. This is a slow and traditional treatment, but um, what's nice here? There's a steel guitar with tremolo, so it's kind of this kind of yeah. you know mysterious uh vibrations in the background that gets some nice atmosphere uh now if you've just bought the regular cd that would be the end of it i want to mention about what are you doing new mm. year's eve she sings the intro to this which is very rare you, yeah that's you don't true hear too. that very often yeah it normally starts with maybe I do. yeah because and a lot of the early um the golden age of American music songs, they'll usually have this verse that's completely unrelated to the song. Right. It's sort of like an introduction. Yeah. And then it's just forgotten for the rest of the song. Yeah. You know? uh, and, and, and she you sings don't hear that it, here. Yeah. Like, uh, what am I thinking of? Um, songs that don't have the... Um, yeah. Mm, there's a lot of songs where you don't hear the intro or the verse in normal versions of right. it. And then occasionally someone will do that. Yeah. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, by the way, has an intro to oh, it God, as we well don't need that to you hear never that. hear you know thankfully we'll <laughs> probably hear that song, yeah. you, you, thankfully you also never hear the other verses of that with the Rudy Toot Toots and Rummy Tum Tums oh. anymore either <laughs> Tony Bennett sang those on his oh, 1960 yeah. well, he, he could get away so with I had, it because yeah, that was back that. in the day he but now you that, don't really yeah. hear it anymore now on the that would uh, be the end of the regular album but this drives me crazy what you're going to say now oh yeah because I have the CD this is the end of the CD yeah and now there's it said, now I read, when I read about it, it said Amazon Edition Deluxe, but yeah. on Deezer or anywhere else. So so I take it these are not available on the CD. They're not available on the CD. It ends with track 13, What yeah. Are You Doing New Year's Eve? Now, uh, which is really weird because the 14th track, uh, <laughs> I Dream of Christmas, is the title track. Yeah. And is this original? I don't know. Uh, I don't know because I don't have the CD. Yeah, I, didn't look I don't it know up. who yeah. wrote this tune. I, I, I assume it's probably this is an original, original song. tune. Yeah. yeah. Um, now this is different in character to the other, all the other tunes here. This is more but, poppy. Well, it's the title of the yeah. album. Why is it on why, the? Why is it not included? Uh, the main yeah. lineup of tracks. It must you know? have been something in contractual type of oh, things. Oh, for God's you know, sake! You know oh, that <laughs> ugly, ugly music business stuff. Yeah, it's, I want to mention it's a deluxe. There's a deluxe edition. 
on, on the streaming services, yeah. not, not on, on the CD. CD. Usually it's the opposite. Right. You get the extra tracks if you buy yeah. the CD. Uh, oh, man. What is this world coming what to? What is it? I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this one's some. Um, it's more poppy, electric bass here, and the synthy lines and up tempo. But it's a, it's a, I don't want to say peppy. It's a positive, upbeat. Uh, you know, that's Christmas probably why tune. it's not on. Yeah, the, it could uh, be. It doesn't match. It doesn't but match I liked the it tone. anyway. Uh, then we get. Now this tune should have been. This is a great tune. Uh, last month of the year. Oh, incidentally, before if you get it from Amazon, you get a, a track before that, the Christmas really? waltz, which I didn't hear. Oh, I because didn't hear you that can either. only hear it on Amazon. on Amazon. It's not on Deezer or, I think, any of the yeah. other services. Anyway, so we'll ignore that <laughs> and go on to Jeff, this. Jeff Bezos track. can listen to that all yeah. by himself. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, okay, last month of the year. Uh, this is a tune uh, by uh, Vera Hall, Alan Lomax, uh, Ruby Pickens Tart. This is a, a, well, bluesy spiritual tune. Yeah. Uh, it was recorded by the Kingston Trio, 1960, the Staple Singers. Uh, Blind Boys of Alabama do a great version of it. Uh, you know, tell me when was Jesus born? It was the last month of the year. Uh, she does a good, she gets the right spirit here. Yeah. Uh, nice slinky piano playing uh, to match it. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, even if you have the CD, get on streaming, you want to hear this one? Yeah, it's, it was. this was good. Yeah. Or just go to your local coffee shop because it's probably playing probably there playing right there, now. Yeah. I'll get into that in a moment. And... Um, <laughs> The last, I'll Be Home for Christmas uh, by uh, Kim Gannon and Walter Kent, recorded in 1943 by Mr. Bing Crosby. Uh, this is slow, but they changed the beat up. Uh, this gets, uh, I mean, this is a 4-4 four, four tune usually, but this is like 12-8 here because we've mm-hmm. got the beat divided into three. Uh, so it gives it a different kind of thing. Um Tinkling piano solo in this one, a little bit different. Yeah, kind of and, a honky tonk, uh, yeah. Piano sound and uh, backing vocal ooze uh, yeah. here. So not schmaltzy, uh, respectful, but with a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, funness to it. So you got a huge collection, huge, huge. collection of tunes, huge collection uh, of tunes. No schmaltz on your. There's no schmaltz. There's no schmaltz here, um, but it's it's good. Uh, like I say, she's got. There's that production kind of uh, a little, I don't want to say heavy-handed, because it works. There's a blend of things. You have to listen closely to get out some mm. instrument timbres. But it all uh, works around highlighting her voice, which has matured well, uh, yeah. smokiness to it. Uh, she, I think she she does a good job of, uh, you know, someone said in those reviews, where's the joy? I think there's enough joy with yeah. enough kind of melancholiness too yeah bluesiness it's just uh, not peppy joy it's that's not, all yeah uh, I liked I liked the sort of emotional palette of this album I like the styles of different jazz that are brought in there's enough it's not uh, like Christmas at Mary Lou Retton's house oh gosh no <laughs> I would have probably taken that the. Would be, uh, that would be exhausting. I would have taken the uh, steak knife and jabbed it into someone's heart by the end of the meal. <laughs> so couldn't take that, you know. That'd, um, be, that'd be a great album. Christmas at Mary Lou Retton's house. He'd do all these peppy Christmas songs. Now, if you came from a normal 
dysfunctional family like we did like we did <laughs> christmas was never all that joyous because there was going to be something that made dad angry before something the end of the always meal happened, yeah. or some relative would go yeah. off into their you know whatever sort of psychological disorder undiagnosed <laughs> in the 70s and they would ruin christmas for you and at least you had one good present maybe you could hide and you know escape from all of that right, uh, right. you know so for me it know, was music yeah it was music albums. and um <laughs> that kind of thing so christmas yeah. shouldn't be completely happy but it should be a time we reflect on the you know the full experience of life and then uh, yeah i think this album does uh, that well so. i want i want to say first of all i think there's a new uh album record for the amount of times the word christmas is sung we hear that word yes over and over on this album yeah. and uh th- yeah I I think this is gonna this album is gonna be a Christmas classic. I think so too. I, I think we're gonna be hearing it every Christmas from now on. It's really yeah, really good. It's that good. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, um, I've already heard this album like easily more than fifteen times because oh, wow. not just at my house. I heard it a few times there, but it's been playing in every like restaurant coffee shop I've been to. Wow. It's just like two thousand two all over again when wow. you walked into a coffee shop and you heard. Um, uh, don't know why, like right. the "Come Away with Me" yeah. album. People would just have that playing in CD players right. in every shop. I, this is like that now here. Yeah. Okay, so there's that, but uh, it's it is a really good album. Yeah, I'm already tired of it <laughs> for this year anyway. I'll well, get uh, Christmas I'll is hear coming it next year. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be over soon. We hope uh, we hope everyone out there listening. Has a Merry Christmas, uh, even if you're not Christian. If if you are, well, certainly we have, have we a Merry Christmas. We hope you have a happy holiday season, shall yeah. we say. Happy, okay. happy holiday. Happy uh, whatever. Spread the love. Enjoy. Whatever your uh, religious affiliation is, we hope you enjoy the holidays and uh, look forward to a better year in 2022. 2022. Although this one was pretty good. Yeah, well, We're, we'll be talking about that. It was good musically for us. Great year for music. Yeah, uh, not so much good year for anything else in the world, but um, yeah, and know. it was good for our podcast because it was the only year we've ever done it. Yeah. Uh, now next week we're going to come back and we're just going to do the last six albums we're going to talk about of the year. Yeah. And then on December twenty sixth we'll post our last um, podcast of the year, and that will be our best of the year. So uh, not, nothing new on that day, but uh, make sure you. Well, we might. To hear we, that. I think we'll talk about what we liked best so far, and maybe something else we may have missed. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about a few yeah. things we missed, but so. we'll do, the best of the year will all be chosen from the uh, what we put on the podcast, yeah. and then we'll have like an extra thing at the end. So you want to tune in, especially if you have a holiday or you're going to be, you know, stuck with uh, Uncle Harry or Grandma, <laughs> and uh, you know, these days it's not like when we were kids. You have your little earbuds. Yeah. Uh, you can juice up your iPhone. You can download. You can go to Deezer and download the full playlist. Uh, do it yeah. when you're at home on Wi-Fi so you don't use up all your bandwidth there. Right. Uh, get all those tunes. You don't have to listen to Uncle Harry's stories. Uh, <laughs> you know, some classical music, some jazz. Uh, hold you over into the new year. Yeah. And. Uh, then we'll be back with more new stuff in January. We so. certainly will. And we'll be with you every week over the every weekend over the holiday season. We're not taking a break. So no. we're there. Anyway, happy holidays to everyone happy out there. Holidays. Merry Christmas to those Merry who Christmas. celebrate that. And oh, well, yeah, we've got, you know, one more before Christmas anyway, but this gives you the music to get you through. Yeah. As always, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have uh 
Any comments, questions, please uh, drop us a line. Adult Music Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Take a moment, give us a rating, write us a review. This has been episode 41, the special Christmas edition. Adult Music, the podcast with music for the mature mind. And we'll be back again next week with six new selections. So until then, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Thank you.